0: On this episode, we discuss Power Rangers.
1: Will we say go, go, Power Rangers, or no, no, Power Rangers, or
2: "Uh uh-oh, Power Rangers? Brought to you by Saban.
0: Welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. Hey guys, I'm Stuart
1: Wellington, and Elliot Kalen is over here in Los Angeles, beautiful sunny LA, home of earthquakes and fires and landslides, and we don't have water. You guys should move out here; it's real nice. What's the uh, what's the weather like there? Well, like right right now? Right now, it's a kind of a sunny low seventies. It oh, is uh, 9.30 in the morning, so it's going to get a little warmer as the day goes on, and uh, we're going to see a lot of traffic on the 5, so you may want to go around that if you're going to the beach. Back to you, Dan. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, in sports, stuff happened that I know nothing about. I don't know why I chose
3: sports.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and turning to entertainment news, it's Stuart Wellington on the red carpet
2: beat. Stuart? Oh hey guys, coming down this red carpet, we got all the stars of Saban's Power Rangers. We got Saban himself. Oh, he's smiling. Oh, he's kissing babies. Okay, <laughs> now we got the Red Ranger played by the guy from Billy from Stranger Things. Now,
1: Stewart. <laughs> the Wellington guy from thinks- <laughs> Billy from Stranger Things. Yeah, <laughs> Is that yeah. The spinoff Billy from Stranger <laughs>
2: Things. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a uh, like this uh, harsh racist revenge story. <laughs> uh now that scene where billy and that one kid's mom uh have a weird like romantic moment that Uh was stewart's favorite scene in that whole series (laughs) all right because
0: it was just weird and
2: came out of nowhere yeah and it happened like right before the end of the like right when everything else was getting really serious oh man that's how you make a show okay back to you elliot in weather (laughs) <laughs> so it's a beautiful
1: sunny day okay. low 70s of course oh, it's 9 30 a.m so it's getting a little warmer throughout the day a lot of traffic on the five you're Trapped gonna want to avoid that loop. if you're heading to the beach and back to dan with tragic news dan <laughs> um my life is in shambles okay no, all right <laughs> you didn't have to go that way didn't have to go that I way. i
0: didn't know where to go <laughs> <laughs> i, I just...
1: like how i was gonna make a joke about About your life? And I was like, no, I'm going to let Dan choose his own adventure on this one. I'm going (laughs) to let him make a joke about anything in the universe. And
2: I do like in Tragic News, Dan's like, how can I make this about me? (laughs) (laughs) I just went with the first thing that came
0: to my mind, which, of course, was about me.
2: While Dan stares into the mirror that's placed directly opposite of him. (laughs) Yeah. A mirror that gets older while Dan stays young. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What it gets like tarnished around the edges (laughs) and then breaks. (laughs) Dan.
1: Now this is not an LA local news podcast. What is this podcast and what do we do on it? This is a podcast where
0: we watch a bad movie and then we talk about it. What? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Stu. Okay. Always takes you by surprise. (laughs) Uh, And this week we watched. (laughs) We watched. Power Rangers, or as Stuart uh pointed out, it's actually Saban's Power Rangers.
2: Yeah, so if you guys uh bros, if you guys are on the Amazon just looking to watch this movie, which is streaming on Amazon Prime for free right now, you if know, you minus have an Amazon your, prime membership. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so if you're searching Power Rangers, it probably won't show up. You have to search Saban's <coughs> Power Rangers. So now, uh, you got to look how the search function works. <laughs> you got to look under the uh, S category, not the P category.
1: Uh yeah, it's uh the uh, producer of Power Rangers, Chaim Saban, who is a incredibly rich, an incredibly rich man. Uh-huh. Uh, and who has his name literally on a hospital in Los Angeles. Huh. Uh, he I guess wanted to make sure his company's name was in the title. But you could just call it Power Rangers. That's okay, everybody. Is it also now, to guys,
2: differentiate it from the earlier Power Rangers movie from, what, like the 90s? When did that yeah, movie but, come out?
0: It's, it's uh, to differentiate it from Blumhouse's Truth or Dare.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, yep. It's to differentiate it from uh, that Power Rangers movie from the 70s uh-huh. about uh, the, the girl who goes on a trip to Europe and has an erotic awakening.
2: <laughs> oh dear <laughs>
1: okay that's what the tv show is based on and they changed it a lot to make it about five teens who become superheroes and rip off voltron to fight giant monsters in deserts
2: yeah it feels like uh it feels like the 70s were a really enlightened time elliot can you tell us more about the 70s <laughs> in cinema uh
1: well the 70s was a great time in cinema bad time for humanity otherwise okay uh anyway but let's move on to power rangers shall now, we so, wait
0: okay, before we start now
1: I have no history. Uh, uh, Dan, don't worry. I know us. We're not in danger of starting anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> I have no history with Power Rangers. Now,
2: is, am I correct in thinking well, well, right? Wait, wait, wait. Pump the brakes, we, guys. Are you you're talking about Power Rangers still though, right? I don't know are going to stick around for a while. No, I've I have no uh,
3: so, Dan. When I said
1: so, when I said let's talk about Power Rangers, and you said wait before we start, (laughs) you were then going to do the exact thing I was going to do, which is say I didn't watch Power Rangers as a kid. (laughs) Okay, well, this is like you know what this is. This is if I was about to burp and you put your hands on my mouth and said hold on, hold on, hold on, before you do that, and then you
3: burped.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, sure. I'm sorry. Uh, Well, then we can both talk about how we have no history with Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. But am I correct in thinking that the show was made up in part of repurposed uh,
1: stuff from a Japanese program? Is that correct? I believe so. Yeah, there was a series of Japanese shows that they shot new. They used the same like superhero monster footage, uh-huh. and then they shot new outside the costume footage, or <clears throat> I guess the scenes where they're like in their headquarters and they're just wearing the costumes without the masks. It was it was definitely a it was not a show that sprung whole cloth from the Brilliant mind of Chaim Saban. It was a, <laughs> it was very much a, uh, a taking something that existed already. But there's a rich history of that. Transformers is just taking a Japanese toy line and making a show around it and stuff like that. And let's not forget the Lion King stole a lot from what Kimba the White Lion or whatever it's called. And let's not forget that, uh, the movie Pearl Harbor was based on a thing the Japanese did.
3: Okay, so well,
1: there's a rich history of American movies taking from Japanese
2: sources.
0: Yeah, but usually they don't take the actual footage, is what I'm saying. But here they. Well, I mean, even...
2: it's not like you stole it; like is you licensed it. it. Is it yeah. like an American studio taking all of the uh, Lone Wolf and Cub movies and cutting it together to just make one big movie called Shogun Assassin?
1: Well, that's a little different. That's the kind of thing that, like, a company like Sandy Frank Productions would do, where they would take either a series of Japanese films or a television series and edit it together into a feature that didn't make any sense here. It was like, we're going like to take Mulholland drive. This is the kind, uh, yeah, exactly. Like, well, Mulho- well, kind of, yeah. Well, I mean, Mulholland drive wasn't a series. It was like a pilot that got expanded. So it's, it, in some ways it's the exact opposite. It's the addition of footage rather than the subtraction of footage. Are you right. with me?
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: I think I you hear <laughs> me knocking and I think I'm coming in. <laughs> okay. anyway, somehow, so.
2: somehow Elliot made math exciting.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> the new math. Uh, But no, Power Rangers, I was like just a little too old for, whereas Ninja Turtles, I was all over. That was entirely my whole life. And then I was just a little too old for Power Rangers. And I remember watching an episode or two and being like, okay, like I'm too big for this. I'm a big boy now. I don't have any interest in watching this. It's dumb to me. And so it was weird watching... And I'll, I'll, I'll I just want to skip ahead to one thing is that there's a reference later in the movie to a character who doesn't appear in the film, but I guess is a popular character from the TV show. And there's mm-hmm. just a tease of them. And it's like, oh, this is how America felt when Thanos showed up at the end of the Avengers movie where they were like, what? Whereas I was like, I can't believe it. Thanos, when I was watching Power Rangers, I'm like, what? Let me look up this name because I assume it's a reference to something or else why use it? So Power Rangers, I guess we should just say I'm assuming none of us have like a sentimental affection for Mighty Morphin Power Rangers?
2: Well, I, you know, I was too old for it, but it was also on television. So I would, like, it was on (laughs) television around the time Mm -hmm. I would get home from high school. Sure. And I'd be like, well, I'll watch whatever the fuck's on TV because I'm a dummy. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it would be on TV quite a bit. I don't remember much about it. I do remember there was an episode with, like, an evil... uh, what is it a plinko machine or pachinko some okay. some some kind of thing that they were all very familiar with all the all the <laughs> teens were very familiar with and they're like oh one of these things and i'm like what is this is this from another planet what is going on
1: it is and then it, the other planet was japan
2: Yeah, well, uh, so that was cool. Uh, I remember that. (laughs) Kind of. Clearly, as I don't even remember the name of the game, I don't remember it that well. Yeah. Uh, Uh, But I do remember there's... Isn't there a... Well, we can talk about this later. We can talk about later.
1: Okay, well, but it's... so. There, there are probably some people listening who are in the right age group where they're like Power Rangers. Oh yeah, the Billy, the Red, whatever, and and Mickey, the Black Ranger. I mean, and, whatever like, and is Goopis, clearly Ranger. The, the, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and there's like, there's like, you know, J- Cheapy and Grupo and all the all the great characters. But
2: well, I have yeah. no. I find usually when like there is a certain age group where when you're talking about your first like celebrity or on screen crush. There's a certain age of fellow who says, oh, Kimberly the Pink Ranger, no doubt. Yeah. Uh I've heard so that. I think that's oh, yeah. that's definitely an age like signifier. And uh
1: yeah, whereas most whereas guys my age went straight from Chitara to Terry Hatcher in Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman.
0: <laughs> huh That's your nerd uh nerd crush, huh?
2: Cheetara? Uh
0: no, I was just gonna say that this is a yeah, th- this is an attempt to adultify the power rangers a little bit this is uh i would say it's
2: not your daddy's power rangers fuck yeah it isn't so we open on a burning planet
1: (laughs) but i think i want to point out
2: you see a power ranger being dragged in the mud (laughs)
1: how 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 like the tensions between those two things between how dumb the mighty morphin power rangers are and how dark they want to make it are in that the main villain is still named Rita Repulsa, which is a hilarious name for like an intergalactic, you know, demon woman. But, uh-huh. uh, and that even not just the Repulsa part, but that her name is Rita is something that is just very funny. Where you're like, so is that our so they all yeah, have names. Yeah, but alien she like
0: brutally kills people in this movie. Hell yeah, she does. But also,
1: just the fact that it's like, okay, and so she the looks alien like fucking Wishmaster, dude. But the, al- <laughs> <laughs> but the alien villain is named Rita. Which is the name of A a Meter Maid. It's really great in
2: that opening scene that I'm sure in the pitch meeting was like, hey, have you guys seen It's Hard to Be a God? (laughs) Now imagine it's Power Rangers (laughs) instead. (laughs) Uh,
1: You guys guys like Valhalla Rising, right? What if it was Power Ranger Rising? Okay, so we begin. Planet Earth. And right off the bat, this movie is lying like crazy because it says Cenozoic Era. And then we see... Some pteranodons flying through the sky. Uh, excuse me, that's a Mesozoic (laughs) life form. And what they're showing us is, uh, it's actually the dawn of the Cenozoic era, which it should have said, because aliens in power armor are fighting a losing battle against some big bad monster, we later find out is Rita, uh, and they leave behind some power crystals, and alien Brian Cranston in the one scene where he has to cover himself up with latex, his name is Zardon. He's like, "Oh no, I failed. Ah, Rita, you betrayed us." And he, well, he does this all me-
2: in a he does this all in a made-up language that is like <laughs> oh yeah, it's subtitles. so great when he's like blah 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 blah, Rita, blah 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it's like go chakan Rita. I can't Johnny.
0: And this is also where <laughs> where we become uh where it becomes very clear that Amazon Prime crops its movies weird because half of the subtitles uh, were off the screen for me. Oh,
1: oh, I did not have that
2: problem. You
0: didn't have that problem either. All right.
1: That sounds like
0: yo yo yo
2: user error.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't
2: think so. I've been, I've yeah. tried to fix did it. Did you when you fired ways. it up? Were you like, go to settings? Okay, uh, <laughs> let me change the screen to be unwatchable. Okay, uh, now play <laughs> movie. Let me, let me no, not- that's called
0: motion smoothing. <laughs>
1: Let me put it on. Can't read, don't read. Setting, okay. And uh, Dan,
2: okay. So Dan, you're a little yes. late to jump on this fucking anti-motion smoothing bandwagon. Now that your boy Ryan Johnson, ruiner of Star Wars, <laughs> did it first.
1: Actually, Dan, JK, you're late. JK. Uh, there was such a big hate for motion smoothing that now the backlash has hit in, and motion smoothing is cool again. Oh, yeah, okay. do you think
2: all those Star Wars dudes who are mad about Last Jedi or like, oh, well, if Ryan Johnson doesn't like it, I guess motion smoothing's cool now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, maybe, yeah, they hate they love motion smoothing now, and they hate Paddington too. The other thing Ryan Johnson tweets about. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Uh, okay, so what a
2: wild new I mean. world we live in. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah. I don't know why I make fun of Ryan Johnson. I like that guy. Anyway, so uh, Zardon, the only way to stop Rita is to call down a meteor strike, which kills the dinosaurs. Again, it's the end of the Mesozoic era. We're not in the Cenozoic era yet movie. This really bothered
2: me. At that point, I was like, that's how the dinosaurs died.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was just to stop Rita Repulsa. She falls into the ocean to the bottom of the sea, never to be seen again. Or is she? Cut to millions of years later. Uh As some teens are leaving a cow in the enemy school's locker room as a prank, there's, of course, the inevitable joke in a kid's movie about someone masturbating the cow, thinking it was a girl cow Mm and milking it. And actually, they were just jacking off a bull cow. Because, (laughs) guys, ever since Bill Clinton signs the... Jokes I find hilarious act. By- <laughs> and the I was not me. The I was President Bill Clinton, which ins- which insisted that any movie that involves a bull must include a joke about someone mistaking it for a cow and yanking on its single utter penis until <laughs> sperm juts out and the person thinks it's milk and I assume guzzles it down. <laughs>
2: Well, yeah, yeah, or puts it on cereal or something, right? I don't know (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: Or in your hair because you
2: think hair products came out of
1: a cow. Or like use it in
2: some kind of like French creamy like sauce or something.
1: Yeah, and like a mean rich guy is like, feed it to me now. Mmm, delicious. And the audience knows what he he ate,
2: but he doesn't know. Uh Uh, And they're like, I think we should tell this guy. I think he might kind of rethink a lot of his life. Yeah, get me my – Clearish gel like yogurt
1: right now. Oh, it's not very much, just one spoonful, but okay. <laughs> oh, this is interesting, very different. I'd like this again next time. And the like cool guy asshole winks at the camera. Is like, oh, I think that we've got an unlimited supply. And then you zoom into his testicles, and you see his testicles going. Amp up production, guys. We got a new
2: customer out there. Wait, is that guy a cow? <laughs> <laughs> is he like some kind That's of a like cool bull? Cow. He's
1: like a cow from like a Sandra Boynton book who's got sunglasses and sings or something he, like, like that. He's
2: like the cow that the cow from the skinny cow uh box kinda <laughs> wants a date, but you know, is a little too nervous to ask out.
1: Oh yeah, because he's so intimidating, but really he wants affection the most. And that cool exterior, that's yeah. just a wall he puts it's up a against hard the world because he's afraid of being hurt again. Yeah, yeah. It's a real cool as ice scenario. <laughs> so anyway, uh the uh, because this is a movie that is it's like you said you're not your daddy's Power Rangers. We're gonna have jokes about bull sperm yeah. in this one. So they get uh, but the police catch them. They get into a CGI driver's POV car crash. Such I will like say hardcore
2: Henry. I I will say I kind of like this opening <laughs> sequence. <laughs> <laughs> like it was, I mean, it was way more style. I mean, other than of course the hilarious joke because I was laughing too hard to pay attention to the dialogue. Uh, The joke about jacking off a bull. I don't know if that was clear. Was that clear? That oh, yeah, was clear. Did I yeah, make yeah, it clear? Yeah, okay. Yeah, you um, loved it. But I liked, uh, I mean, there was way more style to it than I expected.
1: Oh, yeah. Let me just tell you one thing. This movie was, and I might be skipping Final Judgments Ahead, spoiler alert, not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Did I have very low standards for it? Yes. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> I found it to be a much more serviceable kind of like superhero story than I thought it was. Aside from the masturbating the cow joke, which I don't. Again, that's yeah. hack stuff. Thank you, President Bill Clinton. Another terrible thing you did in office. But he was like, he's like, I love sperm. I think it's funny, and <laughs> sperm will never be my comeuppance. It'll never ironically lead to that's my a, possible that's downfall. Good joke.
2: That's a good pun. Yeah. Uh yeah. It's not a pun. <laughs> oh, come up
1: and I didn't even see.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh by the way, Elliot, that is probably the laziest Bill Clinton impression I've ever heard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, this is the laziest Bill even Clinton try impression. It. <laughs> this is I'm Bill Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what about like uh uh it's a me president william guillermo clinton like that i mean i don't uh-huh. know if
0: that's lazy so much as just misguided
1: <laughs> okay yeah and slightly racist okay so that so the leader of this group the uh, leonardo if you will he gets caught three weeks later we find out this kid jason scott a huge football star at the school he has his own display case at the school he goes to Just for him with his jersey in it, because he's been deified in life like a pharaoh. He didn't rat out the (laughs) other kids because even though he stole a cow and tortured this cow by bringing it to this other school's locker room and having his friend molest it. He didn't, even though he's already a cow herder, he didn't rat out his friends because he's noble. And now he's under house arrest. He wears an ankle bracelet and he's got to go to detention. Uh Uh-oh. You know what that means time for him to be go from being a star to being one of the misfits. And I don't mean the band's the Misfits. Uh-huh. I mean like the outcasts of the school.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so it's a it's a like a setup for like a breakfast club type situation, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. We, now he, uh, and we're introduced to his dad who looks like his older brother played by Roy from the office. Oh, mm-hmm. that's who it was.
3: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, and he was in some other thing recently too that I saw. But uh, all he and all Roy is given to do is just glower on, behind a beard uh-huh. and just kind of like he doesn't like anybody. Uh, and, he, and he's a fisherman. He works hard. He thought his son was going to ride a football scholarship to the NFL and pay for that house he's always wanted. So he's pretty unhappy about it. Do we? OK, so do we guys do we like Jason Scott, the hero of the movie?
2: Uh, Interesting. I mean, at the like by the end of the movie or at this point? At this point, let's say. I mean, he's pretty handsome. (laughs) Dan. Uh, What
1: about Dan? Your thoughts?
0: (sighs) Yeah, I mean, I'm predisposed as a a lifelong nerd to uh, dislike uh, jocks who think it's hilarious to bring cows into places.
2: That's fair. But luckily, I think they're going to introduce some characters pretty quickly that you might identify with more. Yeah.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So and that character
2: go. is a bully character who shows up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's a bully who shows up who looks like um uh what's his name from he has he has the same kind of feel about him as uh from what's his name from Salute Your Shorts who was also Eddie Furlong's Fr- friend in Terminator Two yeah Bobby Butnick who like uh I think that's the that's the like main guy in Salute Your Shorts right I don't know I don't think so anyway. oh anyway so the uh, he's so this bully is messing with this nerd Billy. Billy, as he tells us later, is on the spectrum, which it's a weird thing. How much he's on the spectrum seems to change from scene to scene. Yeah. He's like, I don't really know how to relate to people. I don't get jokes. And then he's cracking jokes through the whole movie. And he's the first one to form a deep emotional connection with the other characters. So I think they were trying, but they failed here. Anyway. Jason stops this bully, and, Billy's uh-huh. the, and Billy – he stops the bully, not Billy. He stops the bully from bullying Billy. Yeah, he never Billy stops is, Billy. The bully is yeah. not with Billy. He never stops yeah. Billy. He can't stop Billy. And so he saves Billy, and Billy's like, hey, you know what? I can help you with that ankle bracelet. And he takes him to his house. Uh-oh. In the curfew for when he's supposed to yeah, be at home. Why do, the they, why
2: do they time it like that? I guess for t- – for so suspense, ten, yeah, yeah,
1: and he builds a, uh, he builds a, uh, Faraday like cage. a homemade Faraday cage and uses a computer to hack into the bracelet anklet, so Jason could just walk around wherever. And Billy says, in return, I want you to drive me to an abandoned gold mine in my <laughs> own car. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs>
1: because this is one of those towns where it is both a seaside harbor town with a fishing industry and also a gold mine. And I don't know enough about gold mining. When I think gold mining, I think, sure, there are rivers and streams that you pan for gold in, usually it's like out in the desert somewhere where you can have a big deposit of gold. Somebody, some listener who knows geology and mineralogy, Uh write in and tell me if it's possible for an ocean – like a coastal harbor town to also have a vein of gold.
2: The only – anytime you have a harbor town that also happens to have a deep reserve of gold, that town is clearly cast down their Christian idols and have begun worshiping Dagon – Oh. And that's a problem. That's thought, yeah. just not a cool thing to do. I thought you were just going to say
0: that that town is clearly Duckburg, <laughs> which <laughs> has every type of place in it.
1: Yeah, well, Angel Grove, the town much like Duckburg, is resource rich, both gold and fish. And as we'll find out, alien power coins. So anyway, uh, <laughs> because, oh, I forgot earlier, uh, Zardon, before, as he was dying, he threw some some power crystals into the ground and was like, find them, Be be selective, find the right, you know, Whatever's, because the people don't exist yet, so we can't say find the right people. But anyway, uh, Jason is wandering around. Yeah, do you the woods think that those
2: place? coins are just going to find like, like Denver the last dinosaur or something? <laughs>
1: we can only that would be the crossover we're not ready for. Okay. Mighty Morphin Brown Rangers, Denver the last dinosaur, throw the rescue rangers in there. Two kinds of rangers in one movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're ranger rich, which is different. Yeah, from Ranger, ranger Rick, Rick
1: shows up. Ranger Rick, the <laughs> raccoon <laughs> mascot. <laughs> Yeah. And let's not forget uh, Stranger Ranger, who teaches kids about stranger danger. Mm-hmm. So Stranger Ranger, the Stranger Danger Ranger.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Billy wants to go to this um, quarry, abandoned gold mine. Because he's it's he, not a quarry,
1: it's a mine. Right. But a he, quarry is an open pit. A mine, you got to dig a tunnel.
0: All right. But apparently, he what he wants to do is just blow up more of this mine. Like yeah, that's he's his convinced project. there's
1: something. He and his dad. He keeps talking about his dad. Uh, yep. He used to go find things in there. I guess they're like, they're like, freegans, but for mines.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs>
1: which I guess is stealing. But uh, that he wants to blow up part of the mine to uncover something. Meanwhile, Jason is wandering around the woods next to this mine because the mining operation has in no way affected the local environment or water sources. Which leads me to believe this movie is really propaganda from the mining industry. Yeah, that they're like, <clears throat> look how clean the the river next to the mine is. A woman could swim in it because Jason stumbles on Kimberly stripping down to her skivvies to uh-huh. go swimming in the creek. Kimberly is a cheerleader. Yeah. We've seen her. she's also in detention. She did something really mean to her friend and then uh in an act of uh wait, has she cut her hair yet? Yeah, no, she, she does. Like, like her, oh, know, that's right. she's going through she, a psychological
0: pro- uh, change, she, you know. She's going through a hard time. So the symbol of that of course is always
1: chopping your hair off.
2: Yeah, and yeah, she, you uh, have when, to like strip off the old flesh. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we, fun, And she doesn't like shave her head. She doesn't even cut it into a bob. She just has a sensible short haircut. But everyone reacts like she's – uh-oh. She's a punk now. Yeah, her dad, like, all about? Fl-
2: her, her dad loses his shit, which is weird because like why would he care that much? Mo- I don't know.
1: Well, the hair symbolizes his hopes for her to get a cheerleading scholarship to go oh, into major league cheerleading right. so she can buy him that house he's always wanted.
0: Yeah,
2: that
1: makes anyway, sense. Cheerleading uh, a
0: notoriously not lucrative <laughs> pursuit.
1: <laughs> well, I am reading this into the movie, yeah, To right. be fair, he didn't say that. Let's not <laughs> criticize him for something I made up.
2: So Jason finds Kimberly, the uh, soon-to-be Pink Ranger, and she uh, does his backflip. Spoiler alert, she I does- thought she
1: was a random
2: teen. She does a backflip into the water and – Midway through, like right before this process happens, she turns into some kind of CGI creation because <laughs> this is very clearly a special effect. And also that creek uh, is in no way deep enough for someone to dive into it. That's crazy. It seems weird that they like that seems like an unnecessary effect shot, right? <laughs> like, uh, if you were the if you were supervising this production, you'd be like, no, just have her jump in water normally. Okay, like rather well, than fancy. Well, I don't didn't they do the
1: flip. same thing in, uh, didn't they do the same thing with Halle Berry and Swordfish? Was it Operation Swordfish? Yeah, oper- yeah, there's some uh, Halle Berry movie, I think it is, where there's a very obvious CGI dive. And it's like, it's hard to dive. Look, they couldn't, mm-hmm. it's not like, it's the only like time they could just you should hire do, a diver. The only to time do it. you
2: should do an obvious special effect dive is if an alien chest burster is going to burst out of your chest midway through the fall,
0: right?
2: <laughs> and you're diving into a giant thing of molten stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh when did that happen? Was that something that happened to you?
2: Yeah. <laughs> that happened to me because uh Lance Hendrickson showed up and he was like, "No, I want that thing." And I'm like, "No, that thing is mine." And then I jumped into some magma.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. That was sounds really dangerous. Anyway, uh Jason sees her and there's also another guy who's just hanging around the mine for uh reasons unexplained. He just seems to like to go there to think. We don't learn much about him. Yet. I thought it's he mysterious.
2: was I thought he was stalking uh he was stalking the other the other girl. Uh, I think
1: they both just
2: happen to be around there a lot. This yeah.
1: line is where all the teens go to like angst out and brood like Batman, but they don't, they never see each other. It must be huge. They never run into each other. Yeah. It's kind of
2: like the Windies in my hometown.
1: <laughs> and another girl,
0: <laughs> like, right there's like the other girl too there who like we never learn all that much about as a character throughout the movie. Why was she? Yeah, at we learn. We learn. We learn about her later
1: on.
2: She's like a little. She's bit. like doing. Uh, she's like doing yoga while listening to melodic death metal. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's yeah.
1: Right. <sighs> so and uh, so. Okay. Uh, so all Billy our protagonists off, are here. So our char- our protagonists are assembled. Uh, the Avengers have assembled, or in this case, the Power Rangers to be. Billy sets off this explosion and reveals like a spaceship or something made out of glass with these little power jewels inside, and the mystery guy just starts breaking away at them, and they take I them. I love it. Uh oh. They are at a police. Car I do like that they, they
2: make a point of having each person grab one. <laughs> like they both see a guy breaking this like glass barrier, and they each kid takes it upon themselves to grab their own coin.
1: Oh yeah, I don't know. I would if I I would want one of those. Those are crazy. <laughs> it's like a crazy glowing coin inside of a yeah. giant glass
2: wall. Yeah, you don't want to be the I only mean, person without a coin.
1: Exactly. Yeah cuz then you can't play the claw machine. Yeah. What if one of them they're like they all show up again they're like we have these amazing powers because of these coins and one of them was like I bought something with my coins. <laughs> <Like, laughs> I have this gumball now. Um, I got a I got so I went good. to a real <laughs> There was one of those little plastic toy dispensers and i wanted Mm -hmm. like this little rubber ninja but instead i got this necklace with a dollar sign on it which i didn't really want so do one of you guys want it (laughs) what about your power coin I don't know. I guess it's just in there still. <laughs> I got. Well, this let's go get it, homie. Now,
3: <laughs> yeah. They.
1: I got this. I got this silvery like sticker that I'm going to stick on something, and it's never going to come off. And my parents are going to get really mad. Mm-hmm. But they go, "Well, let's go get that coin back. We'll break open the machine." And they go, just as the truck that collects the money from the machines <laughs> is driving away. <laughs> They're like, "Oh." Okay, so in like Hackensack, New Jersey, some guy who owns a like vending machine company finds this power coin and becomes the last Power Ranger. Uh-huh. And it's four teens and one like middle aged
2: guy. Yeah. who probably has mob connections. Uh huh. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> if not, he at least, he played an extra in an episode of The Sopranos. I love, <laughs> of course. Yeah, I love how the v- those vending machines
0: still exist because like the margins can't be that oh, yeah. great, and like you're not making that much money off of it
1: anyway. Like Well, I don't know the I don't know the old way that it used to be. I don't know the way it does it now. In the old days, the mob would force you to have one at your oh, store. Oh, really? Uh wow. but now now I don't think that's the way it is anymore. Now it's just built on the backs of kids irritating their parents to the point of wasting good quarters on some piece of junk they'll probably lose before they get home. Yeah, Hi everybody. I'm a dad. I'm here to tell you.
2: Elliot's like, (laughs) how dare you take my hard-earned quarters that I was just going to put in a bowl somewhere in my house and forget about.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And forget about forever. Uh, So anyway, there's a police car chase, and the car they're in gets hit by a train uh, meanwhile, there's a storm at sea. Jason's dad is a fisherman, and they pull up a mummy that with glowing eyes from the bottom of the ocean. Uh oh! I do
2: like that they stick the mummy in the in the bottom of the boat. Then they it seems like they just keep going back to work.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, they got a they got you know the profit margins on that are pretty small too. You know this but mummy talk collection about the deadliest catch <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, the profits on mummy collection are are well. The problem is you invest so much with the hopes of finding one
2: mummy. And you would think like yeah. you would think that a mummy under the water would be like super soggy and loose, but this one's yeah. like stiff as an old boot, you know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> it, it should be hard since the since the main thing you want for mummification is dry so that it takes the yeah. moisture out. Yeah. You, you would think that being at the bottom of the sea would fight the mummification process. Here's the thing about being a mummy finder. Mm-hmm. The first mummy that you find, that just pays for the equipment you get when you're a mummy finder okay it's the second mummy where you start making a profit it's like when you join the dga yeah you get in the black at that point and then you can exactly it's like when you join the first your first job as a director is just to pay for your dues to join the director's guild so you can be a director it's the second job that really makes the money so with the mummy it's the same thing so you don't make any real mummy money until the second mummy Mm
3: -hmm.
1: so just now guys it takes a long time to find a mummy you to pour a lot of money into that mummy business
2: now, I think we, we should probably save all of our uh, mummy riffs for our upcoming live show in Seattle where we're reviewing the movie The Mummy.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's
2: a good point. That's a very good so point. So why Let's we not why why t- we table this conversation for a little <laughs> yeah, while? This isn't,
1: the, this, this isn't the mighty mummy, Power Rangers. That's no. a good point. Yeah. Okay, so Jason wakes up in bed, all the kids do, and they're miraculously healed from this car accident. They don't even remember getting home and – they all are super strong and super tough. They're just breaking things left and right with their fists.
2: Uh-huh. Uh, like and guys, this is definitely a metaphor for like puberty, right? I uh, don't
1: know about that. Were you able to survive car crashes
2: and crush things with your hands? I mean, after that's puberty? what a metaphor is about, dude. <laughs> you're saying I shouldn't It's like when it Spider-Man accidentally squirts out web juice and you're like, "I know what that means, Spider-Man." Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. he's
1: like, I thought it was a cow. It's a bull. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh,
1: so yeah, so squirts out web
2: juice. Mm-hmm. That's what it's called, right? You're the you've written Spider-Man comics before.
1: Yeah, that's true. Web ju- in the in the, yeah. the mighty Marvel uh, rulebook style guide, mm-hmm. they they say never refer to it as any web juice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spider Man yells out, "Feel the wrath of my web juice!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, his danger sensing spider sense could be called his think a link a what's that? <laughs> it's like all right, I guess he'll call it that. It's pretty silly. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So they go back to the mine. They've got to investigate. They find the mystery guy whose name is Zach. And, another, and that other girl, the, the girl who was meditating while listening to death metal. Trini. Well, I don't remember. Trini. And uh, they all – and she sees them and goes, huh? And she runs and cl- she scrambles right up a, a rock face. And now we get the first of many scenes in the movie that are them exploring their powers and each other set to – kind of pump up or emo rock songs. Yeah. Is they every si- you have to see every single one climb up that hill and then jump over a deep gorge mm-hmm. while music plays. And there's so many music cues. I was like, what is this, Suicide Squad? They're just hurling pop songs at us one after another. Explain. Uh <laughs> Dan. Yeah, Dan, what's going on there? Uh I
0: mean this is a four quadrant movie and uh one of the quadrants is emo metal people.
2: Okay. It's yeah, emo metal I- people
0: babies mm-hmm. uh centaurs <laughs> and, and cows
1: that and bulls yeah
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh so the i i have a note here that that just mentions that uh while I was watching I felt like that a lot of the movie felt like the 1979 video from smashing pumpkins but with superpowers like a bunch of unhappy <clears> teens wandering <throat> around just doing whatever but they have superpowers now i
2: yeah. do like uh i do like when jason jumps over when they all like take turns jumping over the gorge and they're all like freaking out about it Uh, when Jason lands and falls on himself, he's like spitting out blood. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think he bleeds more from that than anything else in the movie, but you know, but, uh, yeah, that's when I knew this was not my daddy's power Rangers. Yeah.
1: Oh no. Yeah. And they, uh, but Billy, he doesn't make the jump and he falls down into a big pool of water. Uh They all, when they, they all jump in the water and find that they glow different colors in the water. And then they find a hidden air pocket and inside that is a spaceship, guys. Uh-oh.
2: And this is when this is when I realized we just don't get enough like thinking man sci-fi anymore. You know, <laughs> like yeah. a nice hard sci-fi. And thanks, life. Power oh, yeah. Rangers. Thanks, Power Rangers yeah, this, for bringing that.
1: You're like this is what, if you're like, oh, this must be what it's like if they make a movie out of a Stephen Baxter novel, mm-hmm. just <laughs> real hard sci-fi SF. You know, and uh, they find this is where this goofy this Alpha Five, the goofy saucer headed robot walks out, voiced by Bill Hader, and my reaction was literally like, oh, I forgot about this fucking saucer-headed robot. <laughs> mm-hmm. every... Let's call him the Orco of the show. Okay. Every one of these kids shows has... Or the Snarf. Every show has, like, the comic relief sidekick where you're like, if these people are the greatest heroes in the universe, why do they have this bumbling, incompetent sidekick? And in Power Rangers, it's Alpha 5, who, considering he's been waiting at the bottom of a gorge for 65 million years. His name is an English uh, acronym. Mm-hmm. He has an acronym for Alpha, and Alpha is a Greek letter. So, he, of course, he knows languages, even though he's been underwater for all the time. But also, he's just, like, loves cracking jokes and making whys. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's like, what the character, kind of robot is
2: this? He's the character that feels like they were created just so that years after the property uh, had come out, People would be making deviant art pictures of the characters holding that character's dead body. <laughs> oh. Like, like I'm sure if you Google Power Rangers holding a dead Alpha Five, there is tons <laughs> of art.
1: <laughs> it's it's almost like it's almost like they were like, you know what? In the future, we're going to we're going to want to do like a gritty reboot of this series. Let's give ourselves a problem character that will make it a little bit harder to get that serious. We'll have yeah. a, a goofy a goofy alien robot. I have to say though. Bill Hader tries his best. Everyone in this movie seems to be trying their best except maybe Brian Cranston, who I think is kind of like, whatever. But anyway, except for that first scene where he looks like he is really in anguish as he, as you said, is dragged through the mud on a burning <laughs> earth. Uh, Alpha wakes up the spirit of Zordan, uh-huh. or Zardon, which Zardon. was it? Is it Zart? Zardon? Zardon. Uh, who is now in the ship's matrix, which uh-huh. means you just see his face all
2: glowy and he's, he's he looks like wall. one of those he turns like,
0: into a wall. Yeah, well, he looks like one of
2: yeah. those like pen things that you get at like a Spencer's gifts. Oh, so when you're like hanging around your dorm room and they are all high and you like yeah try putting it on different parts of your body exactly and you're, like, oh, where <laughs> it's
1: where it's all pins yeah with yeah, yeah. the pins yeah uh, yeah that's what he looks like and he uh, his he tells them oh you're Power Rangers now which means you have to protect the Earth's zeo crystal which is what makes life possible. Okay, he's just revolutionized religion and science right there. Uh-huh. And he also says, being a Power Ranger, you have to be brave and you can't tell anybody. And it was one thing things I'm like, <laughs> why can't they tell anybody? Wouldn't it make it a lot easier to protect the Earth if they could tell people? And also, wh- like, why? Why is this a secret? I don't happens, understand Yeah, what this.
2: happens if they tell people? Do they lose uh, their power coin or something?
1: Yeah, I don't, do they get – Is it they, they break – like he's like, first rule of Power Ranger Club. You don't talk about Power Ranger Club second rule of power Ranger club please don't make fun of alpha 5 he's very sensitive yeah do you think <laughs> third rule of power Ranger club don't lose that power coin I yeah, love that or he, or he identify, you turn into a
2: gremlin <laughs> I love that he <laughs> he revolutionizes the the way we look at life in general by talking about these uh zeo crystals but then he's also explains that if there's one constant in the universe it's that other people get jealous of superpowers
1: <laughs> yeah I, I, there, I could believe it more if there was a scene where like rita strikes out at their families and they're like oh we've got to protect our identities that can't happen again but instead he's just like you can't tell anybody (laughs) which is i don't know that it's a good lesson to young people to have them to show teens finding like a hidden vehicle of some kind and inside Mm -hmm. that vehicle is a weird old man who tells them don't tell anybody about what's happening here that's not a good message guys let's just say that
0: yeah all right okay
1: anyway they, all, they learn about Rita Repulsa. She used to be an evil ranger, and she turned on everybody. They have 11 days to stop her. And uh, Zordon says that uh, – uh, that J- and they're all like, we can't do this, blah, blah, blah. And Zordon says to, 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 to Jason, you were born to be the leader, and the implication is you're the white man. You are you're, you're supposed to be the leader of this group. you got to convince them to be Power Rangers. And mm-hmm. the problem is they all have complicated home lives. Zach, his mom is really sick. And they live in a trailer, and that's why he goes and hangs out at the mine. Yep. Trini, she's gay and her family doesn't really approve of that. So that's not good.
3: Which is Billy, barely, a, like, has,
1: like it's like they don't re-
0: suggested in one line and then sort of skipped over and
1: well, I mean, what do you, you wanted like I mean, the blue one, was the warmest color scene yeah, between the, her and, no, the, other, all, and the yellow like, ranger?
0: Yeah. I feel like they wanted the credit of for like including a lesbian character, but like just it just like oh, and by the way, here's one line, uh, I mean, she doesn't even, like, say it expressly. Like, it's just
1: kind of implied. I would say, I give them credit for not having a lesbian character where being a lesbian is not what defines her. What
2: defines her is that Uh. she's a total jerk to everybody. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) all right. And then she's got uh, cool hair like Laura from Street Fighter. Yeah, okay. Yeah. They've all
1: got their their home lives. Uh, And so... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Rita has awoken from her mummy state and is going around killing people for their gold
2: oh to build a monster God. called
1: Gold Dar. Yeah. She, she's it's mainly like, stealing people's gold teeth, which means it's gonna take a long time to build this monster. Yeah, if she,
2: there wasn't already a leprechaun reboot, I would in the works. I would argue. <laughs> cast Elizabeth Banks as the fucking leprechaun because yeah. she's amazing. <laughs> she's having Let me say this. a lot of fun
0: playing this character.
1: Elizabeth Banks is the breakout... I say this as... She always has a huge movie career. Mm-hmm. She is the breakout star of this movie. Like the, I was like, I am enjoying Reader of Pulse's antics far more than I thought I would because Elizabeth Banks totally commits to everything she's doing in it. And she does every villainess move that you can imagine aside from... Her character never tries seducing anybody, which I thought was like also kind of a step forward yeah. in that she doesn't use her sexuality as a weapon. She's just like really mean and nasty and like she, uh, she's just like really chewing into it the way that when you see someone play Captain Hook in like a play in the theater production, they can really like dive into this Captain Hook character. and for unabashedly like. Except for Christopher Walken. He didn't do it right. But when when people are like, look, Captain Hook has no interior life. He's just a dumb villain who's really goofy. I'm just going to play that to the hilt. Like she does that with Rita Repulsa and it's pretty fantastic.
0: Yeah, and it's fun to see her. I mean, like people, I mean, we know Elizabeth Banks primarily from comic roles and there's like obviously a level of camp to what she's doing because she's playing a character named Rita Repulsa. But she's also <laughs>
1: who is a, who is a, a million year old power mummy who is yeah. <laughs> stealing people's gold
0: to make a gold monster. But she's also doing it like kind of straight too. Like even yeah, though it's yeah. silly, she's
2: playing. She's oh. playing if this character was existed in like a horror movie. Yeah,
1: I would say yeah. She is not. She is like a serious horror in, movie, like the Leprechaun franchise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like she's not winking at the audience. She is playing this character, enjoying what the character would enjoy. Yeah, which is. She's, she's like,
2: if, if, if you're going to see this movie, just, just see her basically. But I, I love she, the idea that Elizabeth Banks, like her, <laughs> Elizabeth Banks, like, wow, I directed Pitch Perfect 2, which made a ton of money. And I kind of broke new ground by being a female director who made a, directed a movie that made a ton of money and even beat out Mad Max Fury Road in the box office. What am I going to do next? <laughs> Rita Repulsa.
1: Yay. I mean, let's – look, let's just say Elizabeth Banks doesn't half-ass anything. I haven't seen anything she's been in where she didn't give 110 percent. So let's say – you know what, Elizabeth Banks? You can bank on her. <laughs> OK. Uh, and you can take that. I'm glad you can, glad take, you that. You can, you can that. take that. You can take that.
2: You can take that. Pause for applause on that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and look – I don't want to look. I don't want to take too much credit for being an ally, but I think with my banks puns, that's what I'm doing. It's Banksy, right. step aside because there's a new banks in town. Elizabeth Banks. I'd say
2: the hardest thing about doing this podcast, uh, over Skype long distance is that we can't hoist Elliot on our shoulders for making those great
3: <laughs> comments.
1: <laughs> yeah. I actually, I should mention that Elizabeth Banks is Banksy, which is the one thing I don't like about her is that maybe you call it art. I call it vandalism, Elizabeth
2: Banksy. So let's just. Yeah. I like get so crazy with it. Elliot's like, those corporations paid for those things. Why yeah. would you dare yeah, well, to face those
1: buildings? I mean, there is a part of me that's like, someone owns that build. That was my problem. I don't remember if I've talked about with Exit Through the Gift Shop, uh-huh. where there's a certain craft and artistry to what Banksy does, yeah. whether I always agree with the individual works or where he's placed them. And then they had all these other graffiti artists where it's like, this guy's a real artist. He draws his little alien character all over public buildings. It's like, dude – that's stupid looking and you're just you're just a graffiti guy. That's just vandalism.
3: That's well, it was
2: not, like come on. It was like when uh when Christo's gates were in Central Park and somebody uh somebody like tagged one of them and uh the news was doing like man on the street interviews with people about like is that right is it okay and there was at least one nutsack who was like well you know it's just another type of expression a uh, graffiti artist and i'm like no it isn't taggers are fucking assholes i thought you were going to say
0: it's like when christo's gates was in central park and christo tagged the park by putting all those gates up
1: <laughs> yeah that's like christo i don't need your gates on my park did you guys see the gates when they were up i did it was, it, I was really, it was nice i liked it i really liked a lot i feel like christo is an artist who it's very easy To dismiss because his stuff sounds stupid and also Uh one of his giant umbrellas killed a man. But aside from that, (laughs) but once you actually experience it, like his stuff is really moving. Yeah. Yeah. There's a really great uh, Maisel's Brother documentary, a short one called The Valley – Christo's Valley Curtain. Uh That's about – Christo did this thing where there was just a valley between two high peaks and he just – Made an enormous curtain, like multiple tons worth of fabric curtain, oh wow, and he stretched across it, and it sounds really stupid and it cost a lot of money. But then you watch the movie and it's like the effort that went into it and the impact it had on the community it was with it was at, it was at a community that like doesn't have a lot of huge public artworks, and at the end, you have these people who you know are not just they, when are they going to see something like that again and they were like. Yeah, this is really amazing. It's really beautiful. And I was like, oh, I have a new appreciation for Christo's work. And mm-hmm. the gates I really
2: liked. But yeah, anyway. I mean I'm a big fan that he did a big piece of public art that's just a reference to the gate and gate two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that's what it was. Yeah. He wanted to put in the monsters from the gate movies, but they like, we don't have the budget for that. It would scared <laughs> it would be too beautiful, too perfect. We can't yeah, afford it. Yeah. Anyway, so uh so Brian Cranston gets to say the greatest line in the history of his career, better than anything he said in Breaking Bad or Malcolm Middle, where he says to the teens, have any of you morphed before? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the movie is so, you're like the name of the title, the title movie is just Power Rangers. And you they're like, Ugh, why does this have to be called Morphin? Because they keep talking about how the morphing matrix isn't working. We got to learn how to morph, but we can't morph. We're not morphing. Why aren't we morphing? And it's so funny. It's like, it's just such a dumb piece of terminology that they're stuck with yeah. from the old show. And you wish that they just changed the name, but they got to do it. Because you know all these guys who grew up with the Power Rangers would be like, "Uh, why couldn't they call it morphing? That's mm-hmm. what it is. Let's just call it morphing. And why, why? are there so many women in the movie?
2: And why would you change it to Infinity Stones when it should be Infinity Gems? <laughs> yeah. Uh that one does bother me a little bit, but it doesn't really bother <laughs> me. It's,
1: it bothers it bothers me in the way that seeing Dan with see, the beard that he has now for the first time, I was like, "Wait, what?" Oh, okay.
2: I see all of Elliot's weaknesses and know how to call him out. Yeah, no,
0: uh, I'm wearing a very silly beard right now for the the listeners. Not, I mean, it's not really a beard. It's one of those mutton chops that connects to a mustache.
2: Well, we'll take a picture and post it online, sure. And you got a little soul patch underneath.
0: Yeah. I, I'm, I'm mid-shave, and I just decided to have a little little goofy fun with my shaving.
1: Wait.
2: Yeah. Wait, this is just a temporary thing? I thought this was a permanent lifestyle choice, Dan. <laughs> yeah, I'm also going to get a chopper and start <laughs> oh, cool. tearing it up. Okay. Yeah,
1: you're going to put adamantium on your skeleton so you have unbreakable bones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Maybe, maybe somebody will do a series of memes of you fighting with your son. I don't know what those <laughs> Yeah. <fucking>
1: thing is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, suddenly, that was one of those memes that came up that, uh, what is that, uh, is that American Chopper yeah. or is that a different one? Yeah. I like couldn't remember what, what shows from, where it was like, is this a thing that just happened recently? Or is this an old thing? Because suddenly everyone's doing this meme and it's not like I didn't hear in the news that the father killed his son on American <laughs> Chopper. <laughs> but uh anyway, uh they have a lot of team building exercise training without their armor. They they do a lot of hologram fighting with simulacrum of rita's rock soldiers uh, and uh, putties zach and zach discovers <laughs> putties, which in the gr-
2: sounds like a sounds like a, a dirty term
1: <laughs> and uh they sh- they get shown they have these monster vehicles called zords uh-huh. that look kind of like animal-shaped vehicles they look kind of like dinosaurs and zach because he's kind of a crazy guy he keeps going i'm crazy i'm crazy yeah i'm crazy he takes his for a spin and he gets into an argument with Jason. Billy steps in between them and his armor appears when he breaks up the fight. He started morphing. For some reason, this makes Zardon really mad and he kicks them out. <laughs> the thing, yeah. Billy manages to do the thing that Zardon's been trying, haranguing them to do. And when they finally, it's like kind of when a guy, I guess like a guy thinks he, he was a high school basketball player and he wants his son to be a pro basketball player and he ruins his son's life, forcing him to play basketball. And his son finally makes it and becomes a star basketball player, and now the dad hates him because he accomplished the goal that the dad could never accomplish. <clears throat> like, it's a real Macaulay Culkin and his dad relationship that we have going on between Jason and Zardon. Anyway, In, in, in Home all Alone? Other, all no, the- not in Home Alone, in real life. Oh, okay. All
0: the other characters keep being like, how did you morph? How did you morph? What did you do to morph? And, you know, it's pretty clear to the viewer what's going on, that the care that Billy... Took uh, for yeah, his for friends his teammates. is what caused him to morph. But these idiots can't crack the code.
1: They're like, did you say a magic word? Like, were your th- were your big toe and your little toe crossed? Like, how did you do it? Mm-hmm. Like, well, what was the what was the thing? Are you wearing your underpants backwards? Like, how did you morph? <laughs> What's the secret? What do you have in your pockets? Do you have any charms in there?
2: <laughs> now, guys, I gotta I gotta admit something. This was around the time of the movie when I'd had a couple of drinks and it was pretty late, and I was kind of falling asleep. So. All right.
1: No, you pulled a Dan and it's fine. Okay. I'll, well, he you, you pulled a Dan thinking Dan was a cow mm-hmm. and that he could milk him. <laughs> yeah. But in fact, <laughs> Dan was a bull and he shouldn't have pulled him. Anyway. I mean,
2: maybe I should have. Who knows? Dan seemed to enjoy it.
1: <laughs> That's true. Uh, good point. I'm not judging. So, uh, Jason confronts Zordon and is like, You just wanted to use the morphing matrix to come back to life. And Zordon's like, I'm the only one who can stop Rita. And Jason's like, You didn't stop her before. And the, <laughs> the whole audience is like, Ooh. <laughs> Meanwhile, Rita finally realizes she should stop trying to build a giant monster out of individual gold fillings torn out of the mouths of homeless men, and goes to a jewelry store where she eats a ton that's of gold. A, that's a and great what's amazing scene. is she walks in looking like a mo- looking like a, a crazy person, uh-huh. and the person at the jewelry jewelry store is like, was like, help you?" And she's like, "Gold," and starts eating the gold. And the woman at the jewelry counter is like, "Uh, okay, ma'am. Like, what are you? Um, like, she's like, this- it's okay if
2: you eat now, but you're gonna have to settle up at the end. So
3: I'm you just gonna to keep pay a for it. tally, yeah."
1: And uh, But it's like you have to wonder how many crazy customers are coming into the Angel Groove jewelry store that this woman is like, this is kind of weird, but it's not so weird that I'm going to say anything or object to her eating all the gold from the case. (laughs) (laughs) It's also – Angel Grove seems to be kind of like a working-class town. It's based around a fishery. How do they have this amazingly well-equipped jewelry store? Like what's that – I know most towns have jewelry stores, but they're usually not – this, this is the size of, like, a Beverly Hills Rodeo Drive jewelry store. That's true. And it is a pretty upscale. Explain up the economy of Angel Grove. I don't,
0: it's uh, because of the
1: mine,
2: dude. Yeah, that's true. Oh, you're yeah, saying they get gold.
1: True. Gold is so cheap there. Yeah.
2: Okay, it yeah, makes sense. They throw it away. The um All those all those I, dwarves
1: from the old country that worked with gold inside the mountains came, so, came to America and settled in Angel Grove. And so there's a rich, mythical gold-crafting uh, uh-huh, industry the, there.
2: Yeah, the nibbling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the people
1: when they emigrated from Germany, I guess what, mm-hmm. when Hitler came to power? Yeah. They, they all settled they, in Angel
2: Grove. Yeah, they had pockets bursting with gold. <laughs> yeah. Uh so and, and rolls ar- gold pretzels. Was this around the time the uh the security guard showed up and just started blasting Rita with a shotgun?
1: Yes. And it was like, yeah, this fucking rough just, justice
2: in that town, man. Just because you're a crazy person she, eating gold, you get blasted.
1: Well, she did eat a lot of gold. Uh, she decides, but it is crazy. This guy just starts. It's like. The, the guy came in and was like the employee here is really underreacting to her eating all that gold I'm gonna overreact and just begin firing at her but luckily I'm glad that his tough. like
2: sidearm is a fucking pump action too yeah, yeah also he's
1: firing a shotgun at her like which is
2: crazy he's like I gotta also, we're in a we're in a place with a lot of valuables I'm gonna use the scatteriest thing possible yeah. <laughs> and also
1: sta- standing behind the person I'm aiming at is the innocent employee I'll just use the, the weapon that's most likely to kill
2: them both I mean yeah she knew what she was signing up for when she took that job at a jewelry store it's similar to the samurai of old when they would have a <laughs> have a funeral ceremony <laughs> because once they go to war it's they are as good as dead they have already given their life
1: yeah they're either coming back triumphant or on their shields yes now i mean i guess it's not samurai who'd come back on their shields but you know what i'm talking about mhm i do know Spartans. so uh so Rita, though, makes a rock monster, and the rock monster, I assume, kills the police officer. Uh-huh. Uh, so the rangers, meanwhile, they bond with each other around the campfire, and they kind of open up about who they are as people. And I'll admit this. This scene affected me much more than it should have. It felt for a, for a, for a stupid kind of like faux gritty reboot of a dumb kid's show. Uh It was like, okay, I feel like these like these teens are actually are like making friends in a way that they never thought they could before, like on a deeper level. And I'm a total sucker for any movie where the message is that you are only as strong as your connections with other people. There's the scene in Spider-Man 2 that makes me cry every time Mm -hmm. after he saved that subway train car full of people from Dr. Octopus. And he is just he is wiped out. He is exhausted. He's all tuckered out. And he's going to fall into the harbor, and they there's the shot of his chest emblem as one after another the hands of the commuters grab him and pull him in,
3: mm-hmm. and it's
1: like that scene always seems so beautiful to me, where it's like he's a superhero, but even superheroes need other people. Like, they, no, you can't save yourself; you can only be saved by another. And so this scene really grabs something that's a particular emotional trigger for me. And I wonder, so if you guys found it dumb or found anything real in it or not?
0: Um, I mean. <clears throat> I I don't want to skip ahead to final judgments, but all the stuff about them like being like teens, uh, like and like discovering their powers and uh, sort of just relating as people, I kind of liked. I like that stuff. Uh, so I mean, I didn't like really get like emotionally involved in this scene in particular. I don't think, but
2: I was kind of falling. I was in and out of a dream state at that point.
1: <laughs> okay, that's fair. Because here's the other thing with the movie, as much as I am a big sucker for, hey, our power is built on our friendship, this movie hits that message over the head so many times that by the end of it, I was like, movie, just shut up. I, I don't want to hear it anymore. There's a... They, by the end of it, we'll get to it, but they basically do their version of the scene at the end of Toy Story 3, where all the toys are holding hands as inevitable death waits to mm-hmm. to swallow them up. And that scene, when it happens in Toy Story 3, I was crying. These are characters I grew up with. I've yeah. been watching them for decades. Whereas in that in Power Rangers, I was like, ugh, like, get over it, Power Rangers. We get it, you're friends. Anyway, which reminds <laughs> me, have you guys ever seen the video of this guy... Made a version of Toy Story three where they're being the conveyor belts taking them towards the fire, and then it just goes to the credits. Yeah, shows that, and he shows that to his family, and and his mother is like, "What? That's it? That's the ending?"
0: Yeah, it's pretty good. Look it up on YouTube, would, I guess, guys. Oh,
1: I look it up. I guess Toy Story three sad ending. Watch, but uh, there's a. It's like there's a scene. It's it's. Uh it made up for all those two girls one cup reaction videos I had to watch at work once where I was like, huh. I can't
2: see people be subjected to this anymore. But this one's pretty fun. I mean, I feel like but that's I, a valid human resource complaint <laughs> that you had to watch those.
1: Oh, I'll never forget the day when I was a, an intern at the Daily Show and they said, We need that. we need a scene from a gay porn where they're talking before they start having sex. Go through all these gay porn videos and find that. And I'm just watching man on man action for a couple hours at work, and it was like, oh, that's right, porn movies don't usually have those scenes. <laughs> like, it's, like a lot of these were just two guys in army uniforms. Yep. walking into a room and having sex with each other. There was no story <laughs> <laughs> that I had to – like, Sir,
2: hey, like, sirs, this is a post there. office. <laughs> you,
1: I mean it, it's for
0: you as the viewer to sort of supply the story. You're like, okay, well, I guess these are two uh, army men who uh-huh. – uh,
2: They're on leave. Yeah. They <laughs> don't have much time before their next uh, exactly. ship out time. They're like,
1: oh, this this pornographic film is like a haiku. I have to read my meaning into the, into the very basic structure I'm given, just uh-huh. the barest outlines uh anyway but we'll get to that so uh they uh they all meet <laughs> oh. and they bond and uh repulsa visits kimberly at night and says i'll let you live if you give me the crystal kimberly again who is the cheerleader she explains to jason that i thought she's a i thought she person. went
2: after i thought she went after trini she trini. also goes after trini she oh, goes okay. to both of them i think
1: oh you know what or maybe i got them mixed up that's possible i think they goes bru- to trini Oh, they're both brunette women. I thought she went to Kimberly. Never she mind. Com- she she
2: comes She comes to the Rangers later, and she's got, like, claw marks all over her. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, so Kimberly goes to Jason and says, I'm a bad person. My best friend sent me a sexy picture of herself, and then I sent it to my boyfriend, and then it got all over school. And he's like, hey, you got to forgive yourself. You're not mm-hmm. a bad person. And it's like, well, what she did was pretty bad. Like, yeah. I buy into the idea of redemption. But what she did was pretty terrible. And, uh, well, so well, I don't know. It's like, is there, does, does saving the world from Rita Repulsa make up for her, I guess, revenge porn betrayal of her best friend? I don't know. That's up to the teens of today to decide. They have a different relationship with nude selfies than I do.
2: I don't, yeah. I'm not going to set somebody else's ethical or moral, uh, yardstick, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's very fair. Only, only Judy
2: Uh, can judge me is what I'm saying.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And perhaps judge Joe Brown.
2: Yeah. But not Uh, Hot Bench. They can fuck off.
1: (laughs) So the kids vote. They say, hey, even though we can't morph, we're still super strong. We'll go confront Rita before she destroys the town. They go armed with pipes and chains like they're going to fight the baseball Furies. Yeah. And – there's a dimly lit fight. Rita wins, and uh, she threatens Zack's life to get Billy to reveal where the, the Zeo crystal is because he's discovered it. Turns out it's underneath a Krispy Kreme in the middle of town. Does this mean they're going to mention Krispy Kreme a hundred times in the movie? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go back to the spaceship, though, and uh, Billy seems to have been killed. Uh-oh. She throws him into the water, and he drowns. And they go back to the spaceship. and Oh, they yeah, because they're all you
2: know, like tied up to a boat, right? Yeah, they're all chained. Yeah. and They're, tied they're up all to a chained boat. up with the
1: very chains they brought. How ironic.
2: Uh, <laughs> the chains yeah.
1: represent their relationships with each other because friendships can cause you trouble, too. Hey, guys, you know, every sword is double-edged. Oh, Friendship, yeah. even more so. Well, not,
2: I don't think a katana is double-edged.
1: <laughs> it's got two sides with edges on them,
2: right? No, I don't think so. I think only one side has an edge.
1: Okay, well, never mind then. I guess my sword metaphor didn't really go through. I was a little too general with swords. I mean, you could say most swords are double-edged. Okay, most You know what, guys? Everyone wears pants when they sleep. Let's just admit on that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, that controversy so again. Where do you go when your friend drowns? You go back to the spaceship, and you make a promise to each other. You know what? We would give our lives for each other. These guys have so quickly become not just friends, but uh, it's like a Spartan you know, uh, army ph- phalanx that they would die for each other. And so they become, uh uh-oh, the Mighty Morphin Emo Rangers because this idea that they would die for each other, it kicks the Matrix into into reality. And instead of using their power to bring Zordon back to life, Zordon says, no, I'm going to use it to bring Billy back to life. Oh, he won their trust too. Now Zordon's one of their friends also. And Alpha 5, the robot, is like, yes, you guys are great. You're morphing, blah, 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 blah. You're morphing, everybody.
2: (laughs) And he starts dancing.
1: uh, Now – yeah. Now, here's the thing. Would I have liked Alpha 5 more if he was
2: voiced by Eddie Deason? You know it. You know I would. (laughs) I mean, those kids got to learn that dying's easy, but living's harder, you know? Mm. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they they didn't go see Hamilton because the tickets were too expensive, (laughs) so they didn't learn that. Uh, Now they can morph. They get their overcomplicated armor. There's the obligatory slow-mo walking towards the camera shot, which no longer makes you look tough or cool. It just looks like you can't walk at normal speed, which is not going to help you in a fight if you can't walk at a normal speed. Okay, Rita finally makes Goldar. She waited till the morning for some reason. <laughs> Rita was like, <laughs> well, she was like, all tuckered hey, out. She's, you know. I'm, re- I'm real tuckered out from fighting those Power Rangers. I know where the Zeo Crystal is, but I'm going to get a good rest because when I take over the world, I want to be well-rested so I can really enjoy it, you know? Yeah. I don't want to be running on fumes when I'm killing all the world's leaders. You I mean, know, it's been like 65
2: million years. Why would she rush?
1: Good point. She's waited this long. She really has to psych herself up, listen to her workout mix, like really get in the right mindset, maybe do some TM, you know, just get, get, get centered,
2: you know? Yeah. And catch and, up uh, on, uh, catch up on her TV shows, you know, on her stories.
1: <laughs> yeah, catch up on her stories. She missed 65 million years of TV. She's like, oh, talk about peak TV. Yeah. I've got to watch all the shows. Like, and, uh, everyone's b-
0: been telling me to watch Breaking Bad, which, mm-hmm. by the way, reminds me of that guy. Mm-hmm. She's like,
2: I get why teens like Frasier now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, so... She makes an army of her rock monsters, which I think are called putties. Is that
2: true? It is. We are. We already covered that. It sounds like a gross uh, body part. Oh, so that's like.
1: right. That's right. We did talk about that. Uh, and what are the good guys going to do but break out their zords? We hear the one refrain of Go Go Power Rangers sung in the movie. And you're like, movie, come on. It's like, it's so half-hearted and dumb. Like, why would you even bother?
0: <laughs> it feels so out of place in this movie. Like, the movie has yeah. gotten... Gotten, you know, like gone to such lengths to try and make Power Rang like Power Rangers this serious thing. Mm-hmm. And then it's just the old theme song,
2: Go, go, Power Rangers,
0: as they fly through the air. Yeah,
2: because they're expecting the audience to be like, What? And like start cheering and throwing their popcorn in the air like their gremlins.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Going, hi-ho, hi-ho, ba 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 and then yeah. Billy burns down blows up the, the movie theater. <laughs> So you don't find out how the movie ends. Yeah. Guys, do you think the real tragedy of Gremlins is that Billy destroys one of the original prints of Snow White?
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, the tragedy is not the loss of almost an entire species of Gremlins. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's, I wish that while they're exploding, uh, someone from like the EPA came in and said, Billy Peltzer, those were, that's an endangered species. You're under arrest. <laughs> <laughs> now there's only one left stripe and we got to get, and I guess gizmo, if you consider him the same species, we don't know how to classify a species that reproduces this way and changes so clearly between one form and another. And Billy's I mean, like well, it's you... not that different from a caterpillar and a butterfly Yeah, or like and the bread and like,
2: toast. Uh, well, bread and the guy's
1: and like, toast. Billy bread and toast are not species. That's a different thing. Bread is not that different from toast.
2: <coughs> yeah. I guess he doesn't spend that much time in class. Yeah.
1: Anyway, uh, they talk about the Krispy Kreme a lot. Meanwhile, uh, Goldar, as we'll say, is a big metal statue with wings that walks around. It does. I kind of remember it having kind of a lion face in the TV show. Was that true? Or I don't no?
2: remember. Anyway. I don't know.
1: Who cares? Uh, there's a big battle between the Zords and all those walking rock golem putties. Mm-hmm. Goldar's just stomping around the town. Rita stops to eat a donut because you need those kind of hilarious little moments.
2: Uh-huh. And, like, uh huh. It's like it's like the Avengers eating shawarma, you know?
1: Exactly. But it's in the, it's in the movie,
2: not after the movie.
1: It felt like for a long time, every movie that involved supernatural powers had to have a scene in like a diner. Yeah. Because what's more down to earth than a diner? Anyway. Uh, there's the Zords fight Goldar. Jason saves his dad from being crushed. Uh, there's a lot of CGI battling, blah, blah, blah. It goes on for a long time. Goldar almost pushes them all into a fiery pit. And, Mm -hmm. uh, they talk about how much they love each other and they would die for each other. This is that Toy Story 3 moment, Uh which reminds me of uh, a, how would you guys felt about Toy Story 3? If instead of them being saved at the last minute from their fiery death, instead they were melted. The movie showed them being melted down and then that plastic used to make new toys.
0: Uh, oh, that's interesting. Because
1: that's when it was happening in the movie. I was what like, would the I new toys
2: if- be, though?
1: I don't know, something that a kid would cherish nowadays. But it's like – like I was watching, <laughs> like a phone?
2: Like a Yeah, like game? a phone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> because when I was a kid, I was like – no, when I was a kid. I wasn't a kid. I was in my tw- when, 20s when that movie came out or 30s. When I was watching it, I was like, I wonder if they'll end the movie with them being turned into new toys that a new kid will discover and form attachments to and like they stay alive that way. Uh-huh. But I, they didn't do that.
2: Yeah, but they like nailed like, them down and they turn into the, like the little robot from AI
1: yeah exactly or but I mean the worst version of it would be I guess they melted down and turned into like sex toys and you know they're now uh, now Woody yeah, and Buzz live that? up to their names in a different <laughs> way <Yeah.
2: laughs> Why are you because, saying this? This is the worst thing.
1: <laughs> I want someone to make a deviant art image of a dildo with Woody's face and hat, and uh, and uh, and a dildo with Buzz Lightyear's kind of dome on it. And they're just like, I guess we're, I guess we're still toys. You know, I mean, if like cartoonist
2: that. Johnny Ryan hasn't already done that, <laughs>
1: <laughs> good point. But anyway, but do they <laughs> fall into that pit? They do. But while they do, they, I guess if the, we're if the still-
0: i'm still <laughs> thinking about it like now i'm thinking about like if if it's like toy story whether these sex toys come alive when people uh, are around
1: yeah they do no. and they talk to each other yeah. and they go like did you see what they did to me except they <laughs> like it because that's what they were meant to do you can't name your characters woody and buzz and not have them become yeah. a vibrator and a dildo i mean i guess come yeah, on. i
2: mean i guess they're bringing pleasure like whatever
1: yeah, yeah. they're still bringing joy yeah. Now they can interact with Andy in a in a new way. Now that he's oh, adult. Oh God. Now that he's a kid and he's experimenting, and now that Woody is like a butt plug or something, now he can continue <laughs> yeah. that relationship. Yeah. All right. That was the whole thing when uh, Woody is like, "Oh, he's not going to bring me to college with him," and I wanted to be like, "Woody, you don't want to see him sitting there masturbating <laughs> all the time. Like, come yeah. on." Or like bringing girls or boys back to his room. Like that's going to be weird for you, Woody. Anyway.
2: Yeah, so. and just like and all the 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 painful stuff that I kid going to college goes through, like learning how to, I don't know, not leave gross food lying around and like learning yeah, exactly. how to... Yeah,
1: exactly. Drinking too much, you know. Yeah. uh Anyway, so we, last when we left the Power Rangers, they had fallen to their death in a big lava pit. Uh-oh. Hey, remember when I told you that they're stronger when they're together? Go Turns on. Turns out that's literal because they combine their zords to make some kind of a megazord. And they have one of those dumb moments where Billy's like, we're in some kind of like ultra zord. No, Ultra Zord, or no, or something like that. No, that sounds lame. A Megazord, and it's like Megazord also sounds pretty lame, Billy. I know, but you've got to like have an organic way that they discover the trademarked name for this toy. Yeah, it's just, it's like a uh, any anything where they're like, wait, say that again. You're right. I'll be a Batman, you know, or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Uh, they, they com- combine together and Rita combines with Goldar, which actually makes seems to make Goldar fight worse because the rangers <laughs> learn to work together. They well, all control different parts of the body. But there's a moment right
2: there. So I, I watched this part uh, in the morning because I'd fallen asleep by then. Um, but oh. uh, there is a moment when she combines with Goldar and there's a reaction from Jason where he goes, shit. <laughs> and I'm like. Guys, I already get it. This isn't my daddy's Power Rangers. You don't have to start swearing. Yeah, you, you didn't need to say shit. Come on. Mm-hmm. This isn't is Transformers this? the movie. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. Or the Smurf movie
1: ad campaign. <laughs> we don't need it. Uh, the uh, Anyway, there's a lot of monster boxing. A very short fight because as with ever in these movies, the fight with the biggest bad guy is the shortest because the movie has to end. These movies are all paced weird that way.
2: And the... That- you would think that, like, a giant being of living gold who is piloted by a single mind would be better than a giant robot where each limb is piloted by a different person. Like, have You'd you ever that. tried to do, a two, like, a three-legged race? That shit's complicated. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is, yeah. Anyth- have you ever done – it's like on Whose Line it, Is It Anyway when you, the one person has to be the hands for the other person? Yeah. Uh-huh. They never do it right. It just ends up being really silly and ridiculous. Oh, Whose Line. <laughs> anyway. So uh, they stop Rita, they stop her, and she jumps at them with her staff, and the Megazord literally slaps her into space. Because the final image of the battle that we want you to see is a Zord piloted by a hetero white jock slapping a woman into space. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's the most dismissive, like, kind of loaded way that they could defeat this evil woman who we don't know where she came from. Maybe she has a reason for being evil. She was named Repulsa. That's a hard badge to wear through life. Like that's a scarlet R. He just slaps her and and Billy yeah. goes, "Did you just slap her?" And he goes, "Yeah, I did." Like, <laughs> and it's oh, like, "What a douche." To the moon, Alice," mm-hmm. as he does it. <laughs> yep. And all the other kids are like, "We don't get that
3: reference." <laughs> yeah. Is
2: that a, like, is that a setup for the fact that in the show Rita's headquarters is on the moon or something where oh, she hangs out no. with Bulk and Skull, the two uh two monster guys?
1: Well, there's that other. What's the other? What's the villain who started as the main villain on Power Rangers, who looked kind of like a monster with his skin off?
2: Yeah, I can't remember now.
1: Like Tyrannozord or something like that, or yeah, Monster Teeth. am sure.
2: I'm sure somebody like, will. So sure somebody will tweet at us. Yeah, yeah,
1: like sl- Slim Goodbody. Something. It's like It's
2: probably that. Slim Goodbody.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, she goes into space and freezes she'll be back for the sequel no she won't this movie didn't make enough money and now they're just back to being teens and being friends and they love each other then there's they would have an end credits scene teasing and i was like the credits start rolling and i'm like i'm going to skip ahead to see if there's some kind of teaser and in the teaser the guy who runs detention just starts going roll call tommy oliver is there a tommy oliver here tommy oliver and he repeats the name tommy oliver maybe a thousand times And I had to look up. Apparently Tommy Oliver was the green dragon ranger. Yeah,
2: the green ranger that was originally created by Rita to to fight the rangers. And then he just joins him. Didn't that guy?
1: Vision, Wonder Man type thing.
2: Doesn't that guy have like a weird, like the actor who played that guy has like a weird criminal situation. I
1: don't know. Oh, I don't know. I mean, he was working with Rita Repulsa to destroy the world. That's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I yeah. don't know if it's technically again I don't know if there's a law on the books that says it's against the law to destroy the world. Probably not, or else yeah, polluters like, <laughs> wouldn't get away. <laughs> yeah. You know, or, or else Scott Pruitt would be in jail right now. But they, like, so, but I but it was one of those things where it's. I, like I was saying. I was like, I know this is. Probably something exciting to Power Ranger fans, but I don't know what this is a reference to. And it reminded me when the Green Lantern movie came out and they had those posters that would just be like just the aliens with their names underneath them. (laughs) and yeah. it would be like a picture of an alien and underneath it would just be like gonox and i was just like how I, what is this supposed to mean to someone who's not always like a big lantern head
2: you mean gonor you know? isn't it gonor i'm sorry yeah. gonor not Ganox. i'm sorry Ganox is a silly name yeah i've been, Gnort, playing, Gnort, I've been <laughs> playing a lot of that i've uh, <laughs> been playing a lot of that uh, injustice video game where you play the dc characters punching each other so i've uh, i've had to yeah. ask a lot of dc related questions of my comic book friends like why does this guy have a flying uh, cat character that vomits red stuff on people? No, why does he? Because uh, I guess that cat is uh, like a being of fueled entirely by rage. Oh, yeah, okay. he's like, like um, most He's a
1: red. He's a Red Lantern character.
2: Yeah, right? that's Atrocitus and Dexstar the cat. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> sounds great. So,
1: so, guys, let's go to final judgments. What let's did you do think, that. Dan? I'm be- I'm being you for a moment, guys. Yeah. We're running long. Let's go to final judgments.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh I as I teased before like I kind of enjoyed the early parts of this movie like when it was just teen stuff and like teen drama and I don't know like <laughs> I mean like yeah I mean like I've got a soft spot for like soapy teen shit and then like they combine that I, with
1: wait, Okay dan let's just quote it I've got a soft spot for <laughs> soapy teen shit the weird fetish
0: you son <laughs> of a bitch do not take <laughs> so that dan out of context is-
1: Dan's real. Take it out of context. Dan's really into. Somebody uh, edit poops, that into a orange soap <laughs> on the poop, I guess.
2: <laughs> Whatever, Dan, I'm not going to judge you. You be you. Let your freak flag. All, fly. all right. Yeah, you man, know? As long as nobody's getting hurt. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to soap shame you. <laughs> as long as those teens are over 18. That's oh, fine. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I like the early parts of this movie. I
0: enjoyed the origin story stuff as silly as it was. Uh-huh. Uh, as soon as they got into the, like what are they called Zorgs? Don't <laughs> Zorgs. Know. Don't Zorg-y. act like
2: you don't know what they
3: are.
0: I got yeah. bored. Like right when the movie was supposed to be at its most exciting, when giant monsters were attacking each other, I'm just like, huh, this is gonna, this is just going on forever, and it's like a Transformers movie or something. Yeah, uh, I didn't was, care for it. So I, I actually had a. I mostly oh, liked sorry, it. I mostly liked I'm, it. If you watch the first like two thirds, if you're a big you know Power Rangers fan, I think you'll be. You'll enjoy it. But otherwise, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say I enjoyed the movie more than I thought I would similarly until that last third, which is a problem. I Frankly, it's a problem I have with Marvel movies a lot of the time, too, where once it gets to the big climax, I'm like, da-da-da-da-da, get through it. I don't care. But uh, but with this one, it's like I, I don't – I feel like I didn't like it enough to call it a movie I kind of liked. Yeah. But it did – work for me much more than I thought a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie would. And I give them a lot I give the people who made it a lot of credit for that. It's still not that good, but it like, if you like the Power Rangers, maybe you'll like it. I I appreciate that whoever the people who made this didn't like half ass it as much as they could have.
2: Yeah, I think those are all I think that's all fair. The there there was a moment when I'm like, wow, they're spending a lot of time in this Power Rangers movie where these kids just aren't Power Rangers. They're just like hanging out. Uh and that's fine like I guess that's cool and I guess we don't need to spend that much time with the boring giant robot stuff. Uh which is not something I expected to say. Uh but yeah, you know, it's all right. I would
1: say uh it's this is a this is not a great compliment, but I would say it's It kind of tries to accomplish what the Fantastic Four movie tried to accomplish, the most recent one, and does it in a much better way. Where it's like, we're going to take some time and spend time with these characters and look at them as characters first and kind of superheroes second. I will say, almost all the action in it is super boring. And Elizabeth Banks raises the level of the movie quite a bit. I liked every scene she was in where she was talking and vamping it up.
2: Yeah, she's great. Hello, are you looking for a new comedy podcast? In which case, can I draw your attention to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast? It's a fictional industry podcast for the beef and dairy industries. It won Best Comedy at the 2017 British Podcast Awards, and it features wonderful guests such as Greg Davis. To my knowledge, it's the only cow circus that's ever existed in this country. In rural Russia, every small town has a cow circus. Josie Long.
3: You should have a beef. Have a beef with them. I have a beef with you. I will have a beef with you. Come round my house and I'll have a beef with you. And
2: Andy Daly.
0: That virus never existed. There was never any such thing as a mad cow disease. That was all an illusion that uh, Big Lamb came up with.
2: That's the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. Find us at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts from. And I would recommend starting at episode one. Bye. In a world dominated by dude-bro movie podcasts. A world where Casey Affleck has an Oscar and Angela Bassett does not. Only one podcast is brave enough to call bullshit. who shot ya. With Ricky Carmona. A lot of people don't know. Porks, Puerto Rican. Alonzo Duralde. I would eat oak jaw. (gasps) April Wolf.
3: I want to interrupt and say that the fish man was real sexy.
2: Drea Clark.
3: I have a real soft spot for King Kong.
2: And women of color.
3: I was like, damn! (laughs) Right,
2: Kugel got final cut. Kugel got final cut! I
1: just felt like the film was so sour and so completely irrelevant to basically anything in
2: life. Who shot ya? Listen every Friday on maximum fun or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: All right, so let's move on. And uh, we've got some quick ads here, some <clears throat> sponsors for the show.
1: Thank oh, you great. to our
0: sponsors for. Oh,
1: thank you, sponsors. Keeping you guys are the, great.
0: Keeping the lights on. Keeping the lights on. Uh, our first sponsor, The Flophouse, is uh, supported in part by Squarespace. Uh, ready to start your new business? Make it stand out. Get started with Squarespace, where you can create a beautiful website to showcase your work or blog or publish content. You can sell products and services of all kinds. And how does Squarespace do this for you? Well, they give you beautiful, customizable templates created by world-class designers. And those templates have powerful e-commerce functionality, built-in search engine optimization, and, and analytics and twenty four seven award winning customer damn, what does support. That mean? Uh, which part?
1: The the part before the customer support.
0: Search engine optimization and analytics. Yes, uh, I believe the first thing means that uh, you will be a high result if people search for your website. Huh, that and sounds good. Analytics, I believe, means you can t- take a look at who's been visiting your
2: website. Can we call this that- a tech podcast now? Uh yeah yeah yeah. Okay, under tech.
3: In, yeah
0: yeah we can file it
1: yeah, in yeah. that mm-hmm.
0: iTunes category.
1: Now it's the it's the floppy disk house. Now yeah. Dan, uh, this sounds really great, and I I was I, that's kind of what I'm looking for with this new website that I'm trying to get off the ground.
3: Uh, mm-hmm.
1: now look, there's a conversation that we had earlier in that episode. And it gave me an idea for a website, and I'm wondering if Squarespace could help me. And it's called DisneySexToys.com. <laughs> okay. and now oh no. It's now. I think that maybe I mean, love, there would be a little love litigation. The beloved, <laughs> Disney characters. What, from Squarespace? You think they would sue me? No, I think Disney might
2: uh have a few No, words Disney to say. I mean, Disney, well, Disney I I try to get them in on it. Disney spelled with a Z and two E's. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's Disney. <sighs> it's spelled D-I-Z-K-N-E-E. Like you have a dizzy knee, like your uh-huh. knee when you heard it, Dan. Uh-huh. Uh sextoys.com. And it's like all your favorite beloved Disney characters. Again, mm-hmm. this is not related to the Disney characters. That with Mickey Mouse and the, stuff. Uh, yeah, this no. is the other beloved one with Disney characters like Licky Mouse and uh, <laughs> yeah. and of course and uh, Donald Fuck. that goes without saying <laughs> and uh, yeah and of course and and, uh, and Goofy which is already a sexual name. Uh-huh. Uh, so we would take these characters and we're finally making the most out of them by they've brought us pleasure for years on the silver screen. Now what if we could have them give us pleasure in the bedroom? Now, Dan, uh, I think you might want to invest in this site also, but you think Squarespace would help me with setting this up? I want people to be able to buy these toys over on their phones as well as on their computers. and you think they could do that? It would scale Yeah, scale for mobile
0: it's uh, beautiful that way you can uh, now, use what it if wherever you want to
1: now what if now what if uh i'm ha- people are having trouble? They ordered a they're trying to click they added to the shopping cart one of our Horace Horse collars, which is a cock ring, and they <laughs> and they it's it's the shop, it's not showing up in the shopping cart. There's a problem with with the software on the site. There's how when can I get tech support from Squarespace for that?
0: Uh well yeah. The I don't think the customers would directly get tech support, but you would get tech support. No, no,
1: they would tell me about it and I'd need tech support. Yeah, well, yeah. Could-
0: who could I go to? I mean, uh, they've got twenty four seven customer support, so I think you, you should be able to get those cock rings out post haste.
1: <laughs> That's great because I've also got another idea for a site. Okay, it's called www.danmccoyssoapyteenshit.com. dot dot com, and uh, right, I and this. I mean the name kind of tells you what it's all about, <laughs> and it's got that great Dan McCoy brand that we've all come to trust for our strange peccadillo. <laughs> it's really crazy uh,
2: how you you're the uh, you own the intellectual property of Dan McCoy. <laughs>
1: yeah well in a in a low moment dan sold me the rights to his name and likeness and also his life story in exchange (laughs) for a hug and so and some would say i took advantage of a friend hey and magic beans and yeah and magic beans which you then ate which kind of defeated the purpose of having
2: magic beans i was hungry
1: uh, so and anyway, you didn't even uh, like soak I, I guess, them
2: in water or anything, you just ate them straight, which is crazy. <laughs> There's so yeah, hard. Which is nuts,
1: you just crunched on them like sunflower seeds. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I want to apologize to anyone who might be listening to this with a young person in the room. I should have mentioned ahead of time that I was going to get a little blue, but you know, who's might help you with that Was setting up your website www.eliotcalanboycott.com? Mm-hmm. Uh, is Squarespace. So, Dan, what should people do about Squarespace?
0: Uh, you should head over to squarespace.com. For a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code FLOP to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain.
2: Yep, so use uh, offer code FLIP?
0: No, FLOP. <laughs>
1: no, why would you do that, Stuart? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, that's how they track whether we're doing a good job
2: for them. If they oh, use okay, the offer code. so don't use offer code FLIP? No, FLOP. No,
1: no, FLOP. <laughs> use the offer code FLOP. Now I'm confused.
2: All right. Well,
1: don't be. Why? Why would you do that? <laughs> uh,
0: moving on, we're also supported in part by Mac Weldon. Um, Mac Weldon is dedicated to making underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants that look and feel great. They believe in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. They want you to be comfortable, so if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it and they will still refund you, no questions asked. Uh, I'm wearing Mac Walden underwear right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely those social occasions that you go to where you want to arrive wearing matching hoodies and underpants.
0: Yeah, like a like <laughs> or, a wedding or a funeral
2: or a podcast or recording. Yeah,
1: the a- the annual pantsless subway ride that Improv Everywhere does. Oh, yeah. that's
2: crazy. What crazy folks.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, they so really zany. bring
1: joy to people's lives. Yeah, oh, they just, they're just bringing a, a touch of whimsy to everybody's life when they're just trying to get to work and live their goddamn life without someone butting in with some fake whimsy. Anyway, Mac Weldon is a great underwear brand. I love it. It it feels great. And you know what? Maybe we should all live in a Mac Weldon world. I call it Mack Weldon or Mick World. It could happen.
0: Um... The guy behind Imp- Improv Everywhere is a very nice man, by the way. But uh, I don't I'm
1: sure. I And I'm sure the people who do it are very nice. But yeah. I'm just saying when I'm in a restaurant eating lunch, trying to finish quickly because I got to get back to work, I don't need a musical to break out mm-hmm. in the middle of it. Elliot, maybe I'm having
2: a – Elliot wants his Chipotle burrito and he doesn't want any whimsy on it. He ordered it with no. extra, extra hot sauce. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm having a difficult conversation with a loved
1: one at that moment. And I don't need somebody having fun around me. Yeah. Actually, has there ever been a scene in a movie like that? That'd be kind of a funny scene where uh, like someone's breaking up with a loved one or they've got or they've gotten a terrible. They're having they're having to explain that they have a uh, like a like some kind of lethal illness Mm -hmm. and improv everywhere shows up and is like, hey, everybody, it's fun time. And they have and they have to have this very serious conversation while there's like some kind of goofy nonsense going on around them and they get really mad about it. Yeah. Anyway, somebody put that scene in a movie or I'll just do it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and so, well, I'll, so Dan, I'll sneak it can, into my spec script for uh, that Modern Family episode I want to write. Yeah,
1: Yeah. actually, that would be the perfect place for it. So anyway, uh, Mac Weldon, it's super comfortable. It's some of the best underwear you can get. And you know what? Something tells me you can get it at a website. Dan, where do you go to get it? Well, you go to MackWeldon.com
0: and you can get 20% off using promo code FLOP. So the same
1: promo
2: code for both uh, Squarespace and MacWeldon, Weldon. Which is that's,
1: flop. That's flop. Don't listen to Stuart. It's flop is the promo
2: code. I mean, I think don't listen to Stuart is a general life thing people should <laughs> follow. Uh, unless you're talking about Gene Wolfe books and which one to read first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, Shadow of the Executioner. Come on.
1: <laughs> I think uh, it's Shadow so, of the Torture. My mistake. So, so uh, guys, don't even listen to Stuart about that, I guess. Uh, guys, <laughs> go to Ma- Go to Squarespace set up a website about how much you love your Mack Weldon underpants, like a Mac Weldon fan page, and for both of them, use the promo code FLOP. That sounds great. Hey, Dan, do we have any Jumbotrons today? Uh, We do. I sent one to you <laughs> to read, so... Oh, that's right, and I'm looking at it right now. Okay, everybody. Let's, let's just talk about what's going to happen. Ultra 64 is the comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast in which hosts Steve Gunty... No, sorry, Steve Guntley, it was far away, and Woody Siskowski. These are complicated names, I'm sorry. Steve Guntley and Woody Siskowski play through the entire catalog of N64 games in random order. Fast, funny, and informative with some great guests including Upright Citizens Brigade favorite Betsy Sodaro. Revisit some of your favorites like GoldenEye, Banjo-Kazooie, and Tony Hawk and discover some crazy new favorites and flops along the way. Subscribe to Ultra 64 today. So subscribe to Ultra 64 on iTunes or Stitcher today. i got to tell you guys, I'm going to listen to this podcast because I was a big Nintendo 64 player when I was young. And I want to hear them talk about Banjo-Kazooie, one of my favorite Nintendo 64 games. And you know they're fans because they're calling it Ultra 64, which was the name of the system before they called
2: it Nintendo 64. Mm, I did not know that. Elliot almost saved messing up those names. Yeah.
1: Uh, almost. <laughs> a, uh, hey, I never hey, had, guys, I hey. never
2: had a N64. I'd always have to play it at other people's places. Uh, so yeah, maybe, uh, maybe I should revisit it too.
1: Oh yeah. My, this is, you know, we had, you'd know we have a Nintendo 64 at home. If you ever go to my brother's apartment, since as an art project, he took all the old boxes for our Nintendo 64 games, glued them together into one big collage and then put it up on his wall. So that's a little <laughs> glimpse into the life of David Kalin. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: uh, one uh, way to set up a party zone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, uh, but yeah, it sounds like a fun podcast.
2: Should,
1: Ultra 64, it's called.
2: Should we talk a little bit about
0: our live shows?
1: Yeah, let's do it. We got three big live shows coming up where people can come see us talk in person, and we'll be all dressed up, and we'll do presentations, and it'll be a lot of fun. Dan, where and when are these shows? How do we get tickets? Uh, oh, I need a ticket. I'm in the show.
0: No, you're covered. I'll put I you mean, on the awesome. list. I'm on the list. Uh, okay. yeah. I mean, you can still buy one though. Yeah. Uh, well, Maybe I will. The first show is on May 26th. Uh-huh. That's in DC. Uh-huh. It's a Saturday night. Yeah. On the at the Sixth and I Historic Synagogue. Mm-hmm.
1: That's in DC, Deep Carolina.
0: Yep. No, Washington DC.
1: Oh, uh, our nation's oh, you, capital. You should have said the whole name. You should have named the city and not just the district that it's in. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Well. The I'm district of could D- have been another
1: now. city in DC in the District of Columbia. <laughs> uh,
0: the next one is actually a Brooklyn homecoming. That's uh, on the seventh of June. That's a Thursday. Yep, at the Bell House, where uh-huh. we've done plenty of wonderful shows. They're always nice there. Yeah,
2: they're okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> wow, Brooklyn home,
0: <laughs> and uh, we also have a show in Seattle on June the thirtieth. At the Neptune Theater. And all those shows are at eight o'clock. You can buy tickets for them at uh, flophousepodcast.com. Slash events. Slash events. Events. Very hard to
2: remember. For the DC show, we'll be reviewing Geostorm. For the Brooklyn show, we will be reviewing The Dark Tower. And for Seattle, we'll be watching The Mummy. Uh, I'll be a little, I'll be frank with you guys
0: okay listeners you'll be
1: dan yeah wait wait should we call you frank now
0: uh i'll be frank with listeners the dc show is is selling a little slow i think it's because it's on memorial day weekend Uh huh. so if you uh like us touring if you like the idea of us touring maybe uh come on out support the show uh i mean if you're from out of town that might be a good time
1: to take your little vacation who knows uh, I know that people don't want to really be in Washington D.C. right now for a variety of reasons, but come on by. And you know what? I'm going to promise. Hey, guys, let's try to make this a politics-free zone on that show. You know what? Let's give those people in D.C. a little break from the news. What do you say about that? Uh, I
3: can't I'm not going to. Yeah, anything. I'm not going to agree to that. <laughs> I can't either. Okay, guys, like, never
2: mind. <laughs> isn't a politics-free zone just another way to say that you're, you know, making the political choice to be supportive of conservatives? <laughs> Oh, okay. wow. wow. Oh boy.
1: That's a loaded that's a statement. Controversial. I, not sure I fully agree with. But yeah. okay, guys, so if you want to see a really political show that's full of uh that's really bringing it to those guys in Washington, mm-hmm. come see us. Well, really we're gonna be talking about Geostorm, so that's <laughs> Yeah. I don't know how I don't know
0: <laughs> Just focus on the Geostorm part of
1: things. Maybe not. And uh something that I've decided to do is for these we always do PowerPoint presentations before the shows. This is something that We've done at all of our live shows. I think I'm going to start doing presentations that I only do once. Oh wow! I don't know oh, wow. if I can if I can pull it off. So if you come to the DC show, you're going to see a presentation from me that you will never see again. So I don't know if that whets your whistle. I can't
0: guarantee that. I'm going to be doing I think the same presentation at all three live <laughs> shows,
1: but there are different parts of the
0: country, so no one will ever know.
1: The only the person who flies from DC to Brooklyn to Seattle. Yeah, Ooh. I'll know.
0: Yeah, you'll be bored. Yeah, that's by true. Them.
1: Yeah, and so if you want to share, but each all of these shows are special moments that will never be repeated again. It's live theater, mm-hmm. uh, and you know who knows what's going to happen. Maybe there'll be a marriage proposal. Maybe an onstage murder. Oh, or wow. Perhaps we'll just talk about Geo Storm at one of them. Yeah, and
2: aren't we just going to do a whole bunch of raw political comedy? No, again. a couple of Bill Mayors. We're not
1: <laughs> Bill Mayors. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh.
2: Yeah. Like a well, bunch I of
1: John Mayors. Yeah, like a bunch of uh, Louis B. May Louis G. Wait, wait, Louis B. Mayors. Yeah. I don't remember what his middle initial was. What's he was the mayor May- of? Uh, he was the mayor of Movietown.
0: Okay. So, moving on, it's time for letters from listeners. Listeners like you. Uh,
1: the first letter. Sometimes you want to sing a letters song, but your voice is not feeling so great because you might be coming down with something. So what do you do? What do you do? Here's what you do. You push through. You push through the illness. You push through your stuffy nose and your sore throat. You sing that song because people are relying on you all over the world. There are people relying on this letters song and I can't let them down. I can't let them frown. I gotta be a clown for them I gotta let them hear So that they can cheer And they can show the world That there's still the magic of the letters song Even when our throats don't feel too good We can still do a song that's way too long Cause it's a letters song For everyone in the world But especially the children Okay, well thanks for that Um this, Just thought I'd do my part Yeah
0: you're you're a real philanthropist. Um so this first letter is from Patrick Doherty.
1: Oh hey, Patrick Doherty. Oh sorry,
0: Patrick last name with health. I forgot our bit. <laughs> wow.
1: Okay, wow. Dan. I forgot a okay. long time bit. You just re- you just un you just unmasked that person. Yeah. Elder Elder uh, brother
0: of Shannon Doherty. I was so
1: mm-hmm.
0: I was so bedazzled by your letter song, but mm-hmm. anyway. Uh it's powerful. Dearest the flop house. I was in an art slash porn class in college. It's not as exciting as it sounds. It explored the line that separates art and porn. Uh, right around the time when it came out that Chuck Palahniuk was gay, it was pointed out by the professor that knowing that he's gay makes many parts of Fight Club seem homoerotic. I don't think that knowing that you don't. I don't think you need to know that. to...
1: Yeah, they were pretty homoerotic before
0: then. Uh, but anyway, he writes: Are there any movies where you found out something about the personal life of the director or writer that changed the way you saw the movie? Thanks, Patrick. Last name disclosed. Um.
2: Yeah, I mean, the super obvious recent one was the uh was the whole Quentin Tarantino almost killing Uma Thurman in a car accident uh-huh. and then making Death Proof right after. That makes Death Proof feel really weird. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, here's a stuntman who has a stunt car where the driver could never get injured, which is such like a strange fantasy that one makes after making a movie where a stunt car almost kills your lead. But then also that person used that car to kill people. And then he takes Uma Thurman's stunt double from Kill Bill and slaps her on the hood of a car for one of the craziest car chases ever put on film. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. That it's like, oh, this movie about a guy who uses a souped-up car to kill pe- to kill women was made by a guy who almost killed a woman with a souped-up
2: like a car. and somebody somebody was a close friend and considered his muse. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah
1: it's very well. Technically, I think just her feet are his muse. <laughs>
2: sure.
1: Uh, but uh, I think a, there's a go on. Yes. No. No. You say, Dan. You go I, first. I think another
0: obvious one is Vertigo. Like knowing how Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, Was obsessed with Grace Kelly, like the then this movie about someone making over a woman to be like his previous obsession. Uh, I mean, that's clearly a theme that spoke to him in particular. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's all I had to say about that. I I mean, it's a it's a pretty well known uh, story. I don't think
2: we're breaking new ground. Just not breaking new ground there until Elliot Uh, goes.
1: Something that occurred to me recently is. There is all this talk about Woody Allen and how, in light of Woody Allen's possible acts, that Manhattan seems kind of creepy now. And it's like, wait a minute, that storyline in Manhattan was always creepy. (laughs) Like, and Manhattan is a movie I enjoy most of, but every single scene with him and his underage girlfriend, even when I was a teenager watching it, I was like, this is weird and creepy. And I feel like there's a lot of people who are like, oh, it didn't bother me until I realized that. He might have some kind of thing for possibly for underage women. It's like, no, this was always creepy, guys. The author's intent does not change the creepiness of this original thing or enhance it. It was yeah. always creepy. Yeah. There's this this scene where she's like, Why do you want to break up? We have great sex. And I was like, oh, come on. That's that's I don't this I don't like that. That's not okay.
0: Yeah. So just depressing all around. You're just like <laughs> yeah. a bunch of real creeps yeah. making movies.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Creeps make movies. What are you gonna do? Um. So moving on, it's somehow the the people who make movies and they want their professional job to be telling other people what to do while they pretend to live out fantasies that they've crafted. Somehow those people are kind of creepy. I don't, it's pretty surprising. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Uh. Well, thanks for making me feel bad about movies in general. <laughs> now
1: <laughs> I will say. So I watched I rewatched Alien again recently. Great movie. Yeah. And it like. It really changed the way I looked at it to find out that Ridley Scott is half Xenomorph, that his mom was a Xenomorph. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, and that she implanted an egg into his dad, and that's how Mm -hmm. he and his brother Tony were born. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, okay, now I see things about this character. Like, before I just took it for granted, the Xenomorph is the monster. But now I'm kind of seeing it more from the Xenomorph's point of view a little bit. Now that I know that Ridley Scott probably really related to this Xenomorph to a certain extent.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a, a good real example. Um, <laughs> let's move on. Paul, last name withheld writes: If any of you were to ever start a cult, what do you think you would call it? And what do you think Sabbath services would look like? This is a tough one. I don't know
2: if I,
1: it's really the kind of question I wish you'd sent us ahead of time. Yeah. So I thought about it. Yeah, yeah, I
2: feel like Dan, your cult would involve, uh, sitting around a room, uh, reading, <laughs> reading newspaper cartoon strips. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, I have to assume that it would be like, it's like on the Sabbath, we, as is our holy rite, do not get dressed and stay in our pajamas, and we reorganize our DVDs <laughs> as a way of symbolizing that that the reorganization often. that all lives must have. Yeah. Uh, and now, and, and it, and church service, or at the Church of Dan, the services would be like this. Blessed art thou, Dan. And then the whole congregation would go, ah,
3: who makes <laughs> us
1: to feel... The futility of things, and the whole congregation would go. Ugh. That's pretty much it. I think at my at my mm-hmm. church, uh, it would be called uh, Elliot Kalen's Discount Church. Yeah. And you know what? We just have fun. Everything would be a dollar, mm-hmm. and and <laughs> well, like what's, you know, what's maybe we everything. Just, we, I don't know, like all the stuff you buy at church. I don't know. I don't go to
0: church. <laughs> <if> you, <laughs> you buy at church, like the wafers. You got to pay for those. Right? Yeah.
1: How much are those? Like four ninety nine a pop. Yeah. It's a buck at mine, and. Uh, Probably there'd be a lot of like uh, I don't know, just talking about Abraham Lincoln, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: sitting around chatting about Lincoln.
2: So let yeah. me think. My cult, well, it would be somewhere in the backwoods, right? And we would get some, <laughs> oh, of course, uh, and we would get some rundown homes. Uh, so we'd have to find a way to get money for that. And uh, instead of instead of paying for a trash company to pick up our trash, I think we're just gonna like put it in in the house and places like I don't want a trash man coming around. That'll disrupt our services now for Sabbath. (laughs) mm, That's going to be tough. So we're going to need, we're going to need to get some, uh, some campers or hikers. Okay. Mm. So we're going to have to find a way to lure them in now. I guess we'll probably collect hubcaps, and we gotta sharpen those bad boys to turn them into like wicked boomerang discuses, right? Okay, okay. So we're gonna do that. <laughs> um, that way, that like, if we hit someone, if you hit someone in the neck just right, it just pops that head clean off. Now we're gonna. I don't know why
0: you would want to do that. We're gonna collect
2: those heads. Okay, you gotta. You gotta. Oh wait, so
1: you are gonna do
0: that? Okay. (laughs) Yeah,
2: you collect those heads. Uh, The bodies, that's not important. Leave that to to attract wolves, so that those wolves then attract rangers. Okay, and those park rangers. You know what those guys have? And ladies. They have heads. Okay. <laughs> okay? So we're going to collect <laughs> oh, their heads so, too. So the
1: heads are used to collect
2: more heads. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, the, no, you keep the head and then you shuck off the body. Yeah. <laughs> you okay, leave. But what is, well, what are you going to do with that head? Okay. Now that's the thing. Heads have brains in them. Okay. And if you put enough brains together, you're going to come up with some really good ideas. Okay. <laughs> so this is just like a think tank, like a weird oh, kind of. Yeah. So, in, but instead of a tank, we're just going to have a gross bathtub filled with brains, oh, and maybe okay. a couple bathtubs. <laughs> I don't know how successful we're going to be before we get caught.
1: But okay, and okay, interesting. Uh, I think so I, I think I kind
2: of uh, covered the core tenets of this cult. <laughs> okay, well,
0: <laughs> sounds like a horrifying and kind a of death cult, but
2: and
1: then watch in ten years, it's the number
2: one religion in the world. Like it's huge. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. You know, uh world moves pretty fast, Dan.
0: Uh, this next letter is from Esben, last name withheld, uh-huh. who writes, Hey, Peaches, my wife is pregnant with our first kid, a boy. Oh,
1: congratulations. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And we can't decide on a name. <laughs> oh, there's a lot keeps of pressure. suggesting crazy movie like and that. TV character names. As su- like Fraser,
2: <laughs> as such, I'm not against the idea if they were good suggestions. I don't think Fraser is crazy as a character. He's a little neurotic. <laughs>
1: uh, he's what's he's in some ways he's more neurotic than his patients. Oh wow! You know, did, you know, he hear, he thinks he hear, he hears things like he hears the blues calling, uh-huh. and also toss salad and scrambled eggs. They talk to him. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he doesn't know what to do with that toss, Allison. Toss down with the scrambled eggs. Yeah. They're calling again. Bum bum bum. Good night, Seattle.
0: Uh, the question in this email is: What's the best movie character name for a boy? Keep on flopping in the free world. P.S. I've suggested Elliot, Dan, and Stewart. They're still in the running. Oh
1: yeah uh so what's the best movie name for a boy movie what, name. like pinhead
2: mm-hmm. or, yeah. uh, Pinhead's that's pretty good, but are you referring to Pinhead from the Puppet master series or Pinhead the Cenobite?
1: that's the great thing is you can commemorate both in one name yeah that's true uh but what about uh
2: Godzilla Godzilla is a good one too because it uh it indicates what size and also uh radioactive breath now Dan, you'd probably suggest what david Byrne
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. The famous cha- the character David Byrne.
2: I mean, he is kind of a character. He's
1: quite a character. <laughs> a- Admit it, Dan. You, you Dan, you met him recently, and you said he was kind of a character, right? Uh-huh. Always pulling pranks.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, I think you don't want to go too crazy with a name. You want to come. You want to give your child a name that you know will help them stand out a little bit, but people will recognize it immediately as a name. Uh, while also commemorating a great film, so of course I think Zardoz. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a lot
0: of
1: now
2: my
0: great Star Wars names like like Moth. oh yeah like
1: Mace Mace mm-hmm. Windu <laughs> Mace and Mon Mothma
0: yeah,
1: Beamsley's uh,
2: Bagano yeah, Dexter yeah, Jester, uh Nien Nub Nien Nub yeah, yeah. It- Darth Sidious Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. and Sifo
1: Ds. Safe, <laughs> yep, safe. And uh who could forget such great characters' names as Walrus Man <laughs> yep. and Snaggletooth. Mm-hmm. And
2: and Gonk the Power Droid.
1: <laughs> I mean <laughs> you know, Gonk the Power Droid is a pretty strong name.
2: <laughs> Darth Plagius the Wise would be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And of course, uh L- Lumpy, Chewbacca's son. <laughs> sure, yeah, that's a Star Wars name.
1: It's canon. Yep. It's can- yeah, the holiday special is canon, right? Yeah. It introduced Boba Fett. Yeah, I mean He's canon as far as I'm concerned.
2: When uh, when Disney took over, they didn't destroy all that stuff, just the Timothy Zahn stuff, right?
1: Uh, yeah. Well, all the expanded universe novels. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which means my Tales from the Mos Eisley Cantina book is now worthless. Mm-hmm. It's no longer hidden knowledge that I once thought I had about the Star Wars universe. guys i'm gonna get real for a second sure my wife and i are having a similar problem we're expecting a boy Uh and we do not know what to name this boy and we're having trouble finding a name that we like a lot and one of the places we go to is art that means something to us Mm -hmm. and we've also been having trouble with it so i guess what i'm saying is this conversation has really inspired me and now i finally have a name for him which is (laughs) moma (laughs) nadon His name will be Moma Nadon Panda Kalen, named after two of my favorite Cantina aliens.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I like I'm glad that I'm glad that you we came to this decision together as uh, as you a, know, as, as a group a, of as three. As a group, yeah. As a family, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. without your wife.
2: <laughs> yeah, she doesn't need to
1: know. I like uh, she'll wake up from giving birth and she'll look at the birth certificate and she'll go, "Oh what?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Or you can just like keep telling him that that's his name in secret and be like, don't tell your mom, mm-hmm. but just prefer- you have a
1: You have a secret name of power, mm-hmm. and it's Naidon Panda Pondabeba. <laughs> and he'll be like, Dad, that sounds pretty dumb. And I'll be like, it came from George Lucas's brain. It's not dumb.
2: <laughs> there's never been anything dumb to come but, out but of that I was told,
1: What I was told recently by someone who worked with George Lucas uh-huh. is that apparently when George Lucas would have writer's block he would just sit down and write lists of names.
3: Mm. He would
1: just come up with names. So he has notebooks full of fictional names. And whenever they needed names for, like, characters that were toys or something, he'd be like, eh, have some of these. And he'd just give them a bunch of names from this notebook. And it, like, some names would really stick in his head, which is why Mace Windu appears, like, in different drafts of the Star Wars scripts as, like, a planet, or it's like a guy, or it's like a group. Like, he was going to use that name, Mace Windu. So he puts a lot of thought into some of those names. Others... Not so much. Like uh, uh, like um, that one character whose name is Space Droido. Mm-hmm. That's not, didn't put a lot of name work into <laughs> no, that. No, no, no. Uh, and uh, yeah. Luke Skywalker's original name was Space Boy. <laughs> right. And Chewbacca's original name was, was Space Bear Ape.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And people were like, George, you gotta come up with
2: names for this. Yeah, they actually, that was ra- his name all the way, they even started shooting with some of those names and then yeah. they had to change it. Oh, you see those production pictures of Peter Mayhew's
1: chair that he would sit in and on the back it just says space ape space bear Yeah, ape. Mm-hmm.
0: and they're like George like these characters know that they're in space you don't need to like reinforce the fact that they're all in space like this is just normal this, to them
2: oh man like, that, George what if it that space bear ape in uh in Annihilation was really incredible right guys it's <laughs> yeah. not in space that's just on Earth <laughs> wait a minute and it has but, no I guess, but isn't it kind of in space yeah we're all in space I mean, Elliot yes that's true because Earth is in space good point <laughs> okay fair point uh
1: but, yeah, yeah, they released some of those original toys, and it would say, like, Space Boy, Space Pirate. Back when the movie was just called Wars, mm-hmm. and he was like, how are people going to know it takes place among the stars? The movie's just called Wars, and that's when I think it was Brian De Palma was like, why don't you call it Star Wars? And he was like, because of all the stars in it, like Harrison Ford from Air Force One. Yeah, of course. Let's call it that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, All right. Well, we've cracked that code.
0: Um, I don't know what that. You means got some, uh, You got some more jokes there to do, Dan. No, we don't you have got any, any rips. More. Okay. All any right.
1: more? Do you have any more? Any more sweet lets? That's no, uh, getting a little dry. Any more? Tra- any more Tracy letters?
0: Mm-hmm. No. Uh. Well, there was one more, but we're running long, so I felt like we should. We'll, we'll just cut it off uh, now. That that great Star Wars riff.
2: Well, cool. Yeah, so great riff listeners, write in and guess which letter Dan <laughs> excised from the rolls. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was yours. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And write it. You know. what? Listeners, write in and tell us your favorite Star Wars name and maybe make up a story behind it. Who? Kn- maybe, you know what? Maybe we'll read them. We probably won't. But maybe we'll read them. You never know.
0: Yeah. So, so what do we do now? Let's move on to the final segment of the show where we do recommendations of movies we liked, let's say, better than Power Rangers.
1: Let's,
2: okay. Let's that's, set that that's, that's even possible. That's setting the bar kind of low, but that's yeah. okay.
0: Um, Does anyone want to go or should I go first? I don't you're talking. Go right ahead, Dan. Uh, I went to see, um, on Friday night, I saw, that's an important part of the detail, that's an important detail for mm-hmm. the show, like what night I... Just tell,
3: Dan, 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 feeling just right. why, don't dig a deeper
0: hole.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just tell us the thing. <laughs>
0: I saw, I went and saw... Geez, Louise. You Were Never Really Here. Oh. Uh, directed by Lynn Ramsey, who directed... Uh, we need to talk about Kevin, which I never saw and Morvern Collar, which I saw and liked a lot. Um, and starring Joaquin Phoenix as a burly guy. <laughs>
2: mm, that's
0: his character in the
2: <laughs> Yep. Checked IMDb. It's a it's about a contract killer
0: who uh is a very troubled man who saves <laughs> Unlike
2: most of them. Yeah. Yeah, very well
1: adjusted usually.
0: <laughs> he goes out and he saves a young uh, children who have been kidnapped and uh, he's hired by a senator to get back his daughter who has been sold into prostitution. Okay. And uh, he takes his trusty ball peen hammer uh, to go uh, beat up a bunch of folks and get this uh, daughter back. But he finds himself embroiled in a bigger conspiracy. And hmm. uh, Sounds like a, like a Sin City comic book. No, well, the thing is, it's like, it is, the outlines of it are kind of this gritty, like, brutal, man-against-the-world uh, thriller. But, the but in- it's actually a lighthearted musical, right?
3: <laughs>
1: well, the interesting thing about it is the movie... Well, Hammer, it's just you and me on the road again, let's just see <sighs> what adventures await for a man and his hammer. Like, that song's in it?
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, the the movie kind of subverts what you would normally get in kind of this revenge thriller mode uh, by not really showing you the violence as it happens. I mean, the violence that is kind of suggested is brutal and, and horrifying, yeah. but it kind of holds back on what you would expect like this revenge, like, reveling in the violence kind of thing yeah. would be. And it's a very elliptical movie, And I will. Oh, so you get a workout while you're watching. Yeah, you do. And I uh, would, while watching it, I kind of felt for part of it like, oh, okay, well, this is a good movie. It's not the masterpiece I've been led to believe, like based on some of the reviews. Like, isn't it basically just this, like, kind of tawdry thriller at its heart? But then there's some developments kind of late in the movie that turn things on their head, like aren't what you would expect out of the film that kind of left me. I don't know. I've it's, I've been reflecting on the movie a lot since I've seen it because of the, mm-hmm. the way it made me feel. Um, and you, so you were
1: left reeling and feeling.
0: Yeah. So you were never really here is my recommendation.
2: Mm. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to recommend a movie from, I think it was last year, uh, that some people loved and some people didn't love. Um, it's, you know, kind of like Mother, right? Yeah. Mother?
1: Oh, yeah. A movie I mean, that Mother, I would say a few people loved, me included,
2: and most people didn't like. I but. So I really liked Mother, but and that's not what I'm recommending. But I really liked Mother, but it wasn't until the other night when I had a bartending stress dream that I'm like, oh, that's why I liked Mother. Because it's basically like my stress dreams where, like it's four in the morning and people keep coming into the bar and I can't get them out. And like, I'll, I'll (laughs) go downstairs for more beer and come back and people have like climbed behind the bar and started helping themselves. (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. Spoilers for mother. Um, Spoilers for your dreams. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) uh, uh, Now I'm going to recommend a movie called it comes at night. uh, Mm. A movie that uh, both the title and the trailers pitch it as like a post apocalyptic uh, monster horror movie. Um, and it kind of isn't, uh, it's just this small little, uh, story set in a post-apocalypse that's sad and I don't know, kind of horrible, but it's beautiful. And I don't know, uh, if you're, you are looking for something that's kind of short and heavy, uh, yeah, watch (laughs) it comes at night. (laughs) I like half of those things. Which which half? Heavy or the, short? The short half. By the way, oh. uh
0: You're Never Really Here is also short. It's not, it's like eighty nine minutes long. It
2: also sounds heavy.
0: Yeah, it is okay. also heavy.
1: Hey, speaking of short movies, this mm-hmm. one's maybe not quite so heavy. Uh I wanted to recommend a movie that's also within ninety minutes in length. Uh this is a movie called Private Parts, not the one you're not thinking of called Private Stern Parts, movie? not the Howard Stern one. Yeah, because but you're
2: always I, talking about how much you love that. I think you've already recommended it like four times.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, it changed my life. It's my favorite movie. I'm like, how did how? Why didn't Howard ever get to make another movie? I just have to watch that and the, and the video of his pay per view butt bomb go special <laughs> that he did years ago. <laughs> but uh, so uh, Private Parts, it's the first feature film that Paul Bartell directed. Paul Bartell from. Death Race 2000 and Eating Wolf fame, and also who appeared as the ushering Gremlins 2 in the movie <laughs> sequence. Uh, and it's a movie about a... It's a like a kind of a sleazy thriller, but it's a really good sleazy thriller, where it's one of these movies where it's from the 70s, and there's this kind of ambiguous take on untrad- non-traditional sexuality where it's partly seen as horrifying and partly seen as liberating. Uh, but it's about this young woman who is a runaway she's ran away to Los Angeles and she finds she goes to a hotel that her aunt runs that is full of weirdos and and people down on their luck. It's like the kind of real transient hotel that cities have been gentrifying out of existence in in big ways
2: uh oh like the one but, that uh, which, was on the corner of your old old block uh yeah, I think they remember called, that. Like, yeah,
1: I remember that
0: one. There's kind that, of like
2: that. There was that weird little hotel. That, oh yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. That, that like, did like hourly rates. It had a bunch of prostitutes in it.
2: Yeah. Or are you talking more like the hotel in Florida Project, where people just no, like, no, no, live? No. More like the one. It, well, I mean, people live there. It's like a
1: people live there, but it's it's more like the hotel that was on Dan's block, and less like the the motel in Florida Project. Uh, because it's not families living there. It's you know like single men who are weird basically uh-huh. live there, and. She starts to become herself inter- uh, kind of obsessed with it's and sing- also the obs-
2: – When you said single men who are weird, Dan looked me right in the eyes and nodded. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: the, uh, she becomes obsessed with and he becomes obsessed with her with someone who lives the hotel, this photographer named George that there's some thing about. And there's a murderer at the hotel and there's a twist that comes up later that is not – really that unpredictable it's kind of predictable but it's a, it's like the movie is but is kind of funny at times but it's also genuinely like like uh weird and unsettling but it seems to feel like a real sympathy for the people in this hotel and it's shot by the cinematographer was andrew davis who went on to direct like the fugitive mm-hmm. so it looks amazing and under siege like it, it looks, Wait, it directed it looks fantastic. under siege
2: yeah awesome And uh, so this is before he was a director. That's that's a movie where they do Die Hard on a boat, Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, So if you're interested in seeing a movie that looks great that was shot on real locations, did he direct Under
2: Siege? Two Dark Territory? (laughs) I don't think he did. No,
1: I don't think he did. (laughs) If you want to see this movie, did he direct Speed
2: Two Cruise Control? (laughs) No,
0: that's because that's also on a boat, and no, he didn't do that one.
1: Anyway, it's a really good, like, kind of smart trash thriller. If you've ever wanted to see a scene where somebody has sex with a an inflatable doll that you inflate by filling it with water, and I then uh, yes, I do. And you use it for kind of a weird like sex murder game so that you don't end up actually killing a real person, uh, then Private Parts is the movie for you. And I didn't, I did not do a good description of it, uh, but I thought it was. If you're looking for like a '70s kind of sleaze thriller that has a brain and more of a heart than you would than normal, then Private Parts is a really good example of that. I mean, I felt like you did a good job. I'm intrigued. Okay. Hopefully. I think you would like it, Dan. I think you would like it.
0: Yeah. that's right up my alley. 70s sleaze thriller.
1: <laughs> yep, It's a Corman movie, but not a Roger Corman movie. It was produced by his brother, Gene Corman. Mm. But it's very much a Paul Bartell movie. And Paul Bartell, like, he made a lot of good stuff.
0: Yeah, I've had Eating Raul sitting on my chivo for months, and I've just never got around to it. But I've always wanted to see that movie. Um, Sounds like a meal you should sink your teeth into. (laughs) (laughs) Says Stuart Wellington of the Flophouse.
1: (laughs) About a movie he hasn't seen.
2: (laughs) I've seen the case of the VHS tape, and I think my parents had it on on tape, too. Oh, wow. It's an adventurous movie for anyone's parents to have on tape, I feel like.
1: I feel Eating Raul is one of those movies that is very much an art movie, but it like broke through and became, you know, kind of as mainstream a movie. as I feel like it's kind of like um, My Dinner with Andre that way, mm-hmm. where it's like, this is an art movie. Like, this is not a movie you would expect to play at like a multiplex, yet somehow it broke through to the public consciousness in a way you wouldn't expect, where people are aware of it. Yeah. Or might have even seen it that you wouldn't expect to.
0: Yeah. Except for those millennials. Am I right, guys? Not knowing what's my dinner with Andre. <laughs> Wait,
1: what? They, love, uh, they would love my dinner with Andre. They love Frazier. Yeah. Di- and that's basically my dinner with Andre, the sitcom. <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: no, I was just, I, I, I don't, I don't know why I made that joke. It was <laughs> barely even a joke.
2: Justify your, your dumb joke. I do that all the time. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um. So guys, now's the time in the podcast where we end the podcast.
1: Okay. We call it the ending. And it goes a little like this. Yeah. Dan. Uh it goes for the flop house. this podcast what? a good good podcast? Mm-hmm. A bad
2: good podcast? Or a podcast you kind of liked, Dan?
0: Uh I feel like the listener gets to decide that. I don't think that. I think can... it
2: was kind of a podcast podcast. Yeah. So I mean That's you what know, I was looking for. Don't sue yeah. me or anything.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I won't sue you, Stuart. Um <laughs> uh, for the flop house, I've been Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington.
1: And over here is Elliot Kalen, just, you know, drifting off on this ice flow off to the horizon. His time on Earth has come to an end. And now mm-hmm. he'll be back again maybe someday in your dreams. Goodbye. okay, this guy really took Lemmy's death hard, and he mm-hmm. wants to see Lemmy whenever he looks in the mirror. Sure, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Maybe I'm in a band. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, when I would see, if I saw you and didn't know you, I would assume you were in a band. Yeah. With that, with that. You were in either a metal band or, like, a southern rock band.
2: Oh, yeah, I was going like to say you, southern rock all the way. Yeah, you do a lot of Skinnered covers. I would say there's a lot of, uh, like, three-part male harmonies in this band. Oh yeah, and two guitars, two leads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, that's been beer talk, I guess. Okay, beer talk. So uh, oh, this you, has been you, brought to you by support. Dollar Shave well, you your- Club, MaximumFun
3: dot Comedy and culture, artist owned, listener supported.